Matt Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Episode whatever it is, I think it's five. It's five. Matt I'm has. a big fan. Episode five. Um, do you want to kick things off with the short introduction? Uh, I suppose so, yeah. Um, my name is Matt Kelly. I am a personal trainer and a part-time basketball coach, I suppose I'd say. Um, I'm based out of Southside Dublin, a couple of different gyms, and I've been working in the fitness industry since, wow, actually, I guess 2008 at this stage, which is mad, maybe 2009, I guess. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah, it creeps up, you don't really realise. Um, a lot has changed in that time. It certainly has. Yeah. You, you, Matt, are also my personal trainer. I am, that is, is correct. Yeah. sort of how we, how we know each other. Yeah, yeah, that's how I got on here, got me the and, nod. Me and Kate come to you twice a week. You do. And you personal train us. Yeah, and you seem to be quite happy. Yeah, it's it's nice. yeah. But that's an interesting topic, is like that fact that I would consider myself pretty educated on the whole mm. exercise scene nutrition maybe mm -hmm. certainly no i'm not a nutritionist or a doctor or anything like that um i wouldn't really be giving advice to people but i always kind of had this idea that like you i was not too good for personal training but it didn't apply to me because i was mm. educated yeah which is funny now because we've been with you for six months since january yeah and it's like there's a lot more to it than just knowing the information mm. and it's also really hard to apply to your own to yourself yeah well i suppose you can kind of create your own confirmation bias about things it's like mm. anything you know if if you produced something for a client yeah uh you wouldn't just watch it yourself and go like that's great that edit's great okay mm. i'm not going to show it to anyone else and not have another set of eyes over it whereas like yeah. even though you'll be one of my most knowledgeable clients certainly in terms of anatomy yeah um i suppose you can kind of get fixated looking at things in a certain way yeah so it's you know, it's and always just good to have objectivity. You kind of train yourself into a hole though. Yeah. Because you figure stuff out that you like and that works and that's all you do. And then two years later, you're kind of like a, like a bag of bones. Mm. It's like that maxim, you know, there's all these kind of really trite and cliched gym maxims, but they're true. And there's a reason they're cliches. It's, you know, the exercise you need to do is probably the one that, that you're you not, don't. that you don't do or you hate the most. Now, yeah. I mean, I, I obviously don't prescribe to that as dogma, but uh, it's often the case for people where they go, okay, you know, oh, my problem is I'm getting neck pain because I have a problem with, you know, scapular retraction and then they're just hammering every scapular retraction, small and big exercise they can find. And, you know, maybe the problem was completely different in the first yeah. place, you know? So it's... Uh, is that what that, uh, what's that guy's name? Dan John? Who's that? He's like a strength coach, I think. Yeah. He says, do what basically they're there. He's a big guy in America, I think. Mm -hmm. I, maybe I'm saying his name wrong, but basically his idea is just do what you're not doing. And yeah. you basically become a better athlete. I mean, a lot of people have been saying that for a long time. And yeah. it's, it's kind of true. Uh, I often found that with um, like hypertrophy and muscle gain. Mm -hmm. Some people certainly said, you're training a certain rep range into the ground all the time um, and I definitely was a victim of that because I was always like how much bigger can I get you yeah. know for a number of years I think every and guy has to go to that stage though yeah yeah to realise that it looks terrible like yeah. I mean I'm probably about 98 kilos now probably mm. like 4 or 5 kilos lighter than I was a couple of months ago but there was a time when I was like 107 kilos mm. and it's funny talking to clients um, one client in particular I'm quite close with the guy uh, he after I'd gotten a little smaller, I'd taken a couple years off playing basketball. So I body built myself as yeah, massive yeah. as massively as I could. I think it was like my top weight at one point was 107 point something kilos. But uh, when I did lose a little bit of a weight and I went back to playing basketball, um, he kind of said to me, he was like, yeah, you, 
it's not a good look. Like it's kind <laughs> of borderline intimidating. Like I'd yeah. say your female clients are weren't too keen on coming to train with you. Like, cause yeah. you were just like a back row for a rugby team, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're right. Everyone does have to go through that. So it's weird though now because we've been training with you for six months and it's like, it's kind of like uh, just handing off part of your life to someone. Mm. Like what's the word for it? Uh, adherence. Yeah. Having that date in the, the kind of the yeah, week's calendar where yeah, you're like, yeah. at least we have to do it twice. Yeah. You probably end up doing it more. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose by proxy, like you will come to me, you'll exercise twice a week with me and whatever we're doing. And you're much more likely to exercise yourself than a result. Yeah. You know, it's accountability. I always say accountability. accountability yeah. That's um, a better word. Because if people probably really knew how much calorie expenditure they were getting, if they saw like a pie chart or a graph in terms of what they're doing with you mm-hmm. versus what they're doing outside, yeah. like I might be out of a job in a, to a certain degree. Now, yeah. obviously people need to be pushed and all that. But mm-hmm. I mean, I was talking uh, to James Cummins. He's one, the owner of Elite Training Nutrition in mm-hmm. Gary, where I work out of, it was one of the gyms I work out of um, yeah. where you would have previously trained with me. Um, and we were, you know, obviously big advocates of training a lot and training hard. And there was periods of time where we were training partners and we were training incredibly hard together. Yeah. And we were saying the biggest difference maker a lot of the time with us was uh, if we were so busy in work, we'd have to be really inactive outside of work. Like our niche would be low, you mm-hmm. know, non-exercise activated thermogenesis. Yeah. So when I walk more and I move around more um, and <laughs> I'm not the best outdoors person. Yeah. Like I like to work really hard in the gym and playing basketball. And then I, I, I like to chill a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I find that the biggest difference is when I actually bother to go walk more, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I have a dog now. Like, so I'm going and take the dog out for a walk more and I'm like, Oh, I'm leaner. I must be doing something in my training. And this, I'm like, well, no, you're yeah. just actually bothering to be more generally active. You yeah. know, exactly. and I think the accountability, of to do that more is yeah you know one of the, the best offshoots of actually that's going to a trainer the, that's the only reason i have an apple watch yeah is like it counts your steps and it tells you i can't imagine it's super accurate but like a rough estimation of your calories so like yeah one thing i realized was the difference between like say six or seven thousand steps and a workout mm-hmm. compared to a day where you might do sixteen thousand steps mm-hmm. is like huge yeah like it's crazy way better off just for calories, mm. just doing the walk. Do you love your Apple Watch? It's cool, like, but yeah. I'm honestly, yeah, I'm married to it. I use it for steps. Yeah. And it's hooked up to your phone and all that. And it's like aesthetically pleasing. It's pretty, yeah, it's a nice piece of tech. Probably not as cool looking as like um, a nice watch. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's that kind of like, not analog, but classic feel. Yeah, yeah, I get you. It's not a Rolly. Yes, or even a cool Casio, which yeah. are very hip these days with the kids. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of a couple of Casios. I broke the straps on them a few times. Trying Me and Kate have actually been joking about buying you a Casio. Oh, really? I because, love Casios. Um, you lost your watch, and mm. now every time we're in the gym, you have to look at the clock. So we're like, we're just going to yeah. get him a Casio because he's gonna really going to appreciate that. But I'm a really good professional, I swear. You know, yeah, I'm not just looking at the wall clock all the time. You read that clock well. I do. You get good at it quick when you're yeah. in the hours every day. 100%. I uh, feel like I don't need a smartwatch, though, because... I've gotten this my zone heart rate monitor yeah. in the last several months mm-hmm. and I have a deep addiction to it. Mm. Great accountability tool. There's that word again, but yeah. um I've definitely found like my training has improved drastically. Did you actually see what you're up to? Yeah, and I think like <laughs> I see a lot of people now uh, in the fitness industry who are probably well, I suppose 
whatever you want to call it. I see them through Instagram. What do you want to say? They're in the wellness or the fitness or yeah, the health, yeah. or whatever, whatever you want to call them, right? Um, or they're influencers. Uh, they're like these massively well-informed young people with like mad scientific knowledge, like so extensive. And like mm-hmm. uh, the, the accessibility to information now is so high compared to when I started. Yeah. And in a way, I think like people of my age probably, probably don't actually thirst for the knowledge as much anymore as they used to because they came in in an era where it wasn't, you had to work a little harder to get it. Yeah. Um, but I definitely found myself with my training personally getting caught in a... Um, like a, no, I wouldn't say a dogma, it wouldn't be that extreme, but like mm-hmm. a mindset of, you know, this is the reps and sets and rest scheme that we know to work. And, yeah. you know, these studies prove that. And But then when you put the heart rate monitor on and, you know, especially if your goal, which mine more so is now is just fitness and body yeah. composition. Yeah. Um, it's you go okay well my heart rate's down i don't care if i'm supposed to take 90 seconds rest here like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go again because i probably can go again here um and there's probably some scientific zealots out there who would like are face spamming right now with that notion but i mean just from a point of view of getting me to work harder it's been Mm -hmm. incredible having it It makes perfect sense though yeah like why would you rest 60 seconds every single time that's just a general guideline isn't it you see a lot of guys now as well and it's something i didn't see when i was uh doing the courses i did initially when i started mm-hmm. getting into this uh using rate of perceived exertion a lot of the time i think we talked about this a little bit the rp yeah yeah and as opposed to you know just uh sticking to that's, numbers that's all the a time. really weird one it's like a scale from zero to 12 yeah and you just ask the client like zero to 12 how 10. hard are you working yeah 10 is it yeah mad like how are you mm. supposed to know how, i don't know well i just guess a seven and once you've done a hard exercise the second set usually feels a lot easier because you're kind of switched on the the funny thing the funny thing with that is as well um it's like going back to kind of uh body fat testing it reminds me of mm. like i used to do a lot of caliper testing all the time yeah you used to do it on me yeah um and like that's one thing I think I I've I as you know I have a lot of imposter syndrome over whether I think I'm actually good at what I do or not. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. a big problem of mine. But um, I think you're good at what you do. Thank you. I appreciate that. He looked me directly in the eye and he said that as well. Yeah, it really it, yeah. felt felt real. <laughs> um, but I, when you know, it's I think it's important to move past things that you don't think are productive anymore. Uh, yeah. So like I did a lot of caliper testing with people at the time, and then I started to learn more about you know like well, how's your hydration status and mm. all these different variables that are working when mm. you're doing body fat testing. You kind of throw it to the wayside. But um, I remember getting my body fat taken by uh, someone who was quite a prevalent trainer who I. I, I won't mention them for this because it's a slightly negative connotation, but yeah. um, I remember someone saying to me like, you're not 8% body fat and at the time. And I was kind of like, yeah, maybe I'm not 8% body fat, but if that's a starting point, yeah, then at least we have uh, a waypoint to work off to make progress. Mm. So like, I know of course, when I get someone in who's been incredibly sedentary and inactive, then they're gonna come in and like, how hard is that? I'm gonna be like, that is a nine, you know? Yeah. Cause they're doing a thing yeah. and they haven't been doing a thing yeah. and it's gonna exhaust them. Exactly. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a useful enough tool, but I, yeah. I think like it's something it's something I feel like you can't maybe you can learn it maybe you can learn it in time but it's also a personality thing that's very important mm. and it's just having a, kind of an inherent bit of empathy um and maybe in equal parts uh, sociopathy to understand how to read people yeah. read their tells 
see what's really going on uh, in terms of how much they're exerting themselves, read their facial yeah. expression, small, you know, very tiny cues all the time. That's almost like on a subconscious level. Now I sound like the horse whisperer here or something, but no, um, no, I guess you, because I, I can relate it to our training sessions. Yeah. Where like, uh, Kate will probably just tell you, yeah, this is, I don't like this. Mm. And I'll probably just, uh, end up in a corner against the wall. You'll yeah. be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll know. Yeah, like, Jake you know, went too hard last time. Yeah, and I think you know those are obviously very helpful tools for yeah. people, dependent on the type of, you know, what type of strengths you have. Mm -hmm. But um, I have kind of always, at least, sounds egotistical, would always try to hang my hat on like being able to read people and understand their personalities. Yeah. Um, and I suppose as I've progressed, uh, I found that I've had an ability to keep people longer because I haven't been trying to enforce what I think is best for them. It's kind of like, well, mm -hmm. here's what's best for you on one side of the room. Yeah. And here's what a person you are on the other side of the room. And how far can I drag you over to my side Without before the elastic you. band goes back yeah. the other way? And you're like, that's a good analogy. I like yeah. that one. Yeah. You know, it's about dragging you to me as much as I can. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I, I never, I never really particularly agree with this. I remember going to a lot of, um, Charles Poliquin's courses. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, indeed, R.I.P. Yeah, um, is obviously very important for a lot of people in my era, uh, mm -hmm. in the, and massively important for the fitness industry as well. Just general cool character as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, uh, a mercurial, um, yeah. um, polarizing individual. Good marketer, like, was yeah, yeah, funny yeah. as well. Yeah, very, very funny. Like, I mean, I spoke. To, I I never met him personally, but I know a lot of people who did and we're on the courses that when he taught them mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of the courses were you know three days when i did them and when palquin was teaching them there were five days yeah because there was like two days worth of story time okay. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. guys are telling me like i was at a course in california a few years ago now one guy was from miami was telling me he was like swinging on his chair yeah he just came over in the middle of the thing and just kicked his chair from under him <laughs> like he's like don't be swinging on your chair you know um is that real old school kind of almost eastern european like way of te teaching nearly. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a big crossover between that kind of French Canadian yeah. uh, strength training attitude and the mm. Eastern European um, yeah. attitude. I've kind of completely lost my train of thought here. About uh, we were talking about <laughs> something that I also can't remember, which I think is a good sign. Yeah. Really? You're just meandering. We're just talking. Yeah. But, um, oh man, somewhere along the road, we were talking about neat and RP and yeah. you bringing people to the middle of the room without snapping the elastic band. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. But thank you, thank you, thank God you're here. Um, whew, I was close. I was close. Bullets of sweat. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember talking to a lot of people at those types of courses who would have been like uh, PICP were the courses, real hardline PICP types. They're like, never do yeah. any cardio, and, and I was kind of finding my way still. And you know, you're young and you're impressionable, and you kind yeah. of that was. I thought that too. I was like, oh, all you gotta do is do hit training. We don't have to do any cardio. Mm -hmm. Um. But uh, all these people like really aggressively talked about firing clients all the time. They mm. were like, oh, yeah, they're so bad for me. I'm fine. They're toxic. I can't. And I don't know. And in, in back of my head, it was like, yeah, maybe I should be saying that too. Maybe I should be trying to get rid of people all the time. Mm. But um, I suppose the, the real reason I do what I do is I actually really like the feeling of helping people. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, yeah. I, I like seeing people succeed uh, with me being part of that. Mm -hmm. That's um, nice. Yeah, and you know the grade for the the gradient for success doesn't need to be incredibly steep to ten out of ten, mm. uh, and I think there's a lot to be said for you know some clients they're never going to be remarkably adherent to diet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 
if you fire that client, right, and you get rid of them and, you know, they might be a very successful professional, they're very sedentary, they're not getting a huge amount of exercise mm-hmm. uh, and you either fire them or they leave because you lean on them too hard, you snap their band, okay? You can't help that person. And you might be, you know, other trainers might turn around and say to me, rightly so, you're like, oh, you need to be realer with your clients or harder on clients or whatever. Now, I've never really had someone who say that I wasn't tough enough on them, mm. usually the opposite. But um, if you lean so hard on those people and you get rid of them, you can't help them. No. Do you know? Exactly. And, if, and so in, in my mind, in a sense, uh, and I kind of don't care if people would trash me for this, if that, if someone's like 20 pounds overweight, you know, and they're, they might fluctuate a little bit up and down and they're mm-hmm. probably realistically going to stay 20 pounds overweight because of their lifestyle. Yeah. And you've done your utmost to change that lifestyle. Okay. If you keep that client on and you're getting them in and working them out two, three times a week and you're elevating their heart rate mm-hmm. and you know, you're helping with their stress levels. And yeah. even if they're making a small move, like starting to walk more or, you know, starting to have breakfast, mm-hmm. um, then you're, at least you're helping them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, That's I think the line between like, you know, business and helping someone. Yeah. Client service, you know, some going too far towards the, like, let's make money. Yeah. End of things. And it's, I think that's born out of ego as well. You know, um, like I don't think I'm that especially brilliant at anything like we were talking about before at the start of the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. I was saying how I feel like I'm a jack of all trades that like, I'm not the guy you'd get on to talk about nutrition, but I know about you know, nutrition. I'm not the guy you get on to talk about athletic performance, but I know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like to a certain degree, I suppose, uh, People might trash me for that for that kind of. Nobody's going to trash you here, man. No, really, yeah, but this um, is a safe zone. but I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind. Like, I'm not saying like yeah, I don't no. have an ego. I'm sure there's lots what of people who like right, that guy's though, got a massive what ego. Saying, but what you're what you're saying is, you right. know, it's not born out of ego. Is basically what I'm trying to no. say in terms of training people. I don't really. I mean, I obviously want to like a lucrative business, but mm. I don't really care if you think it reflects negative upon me if I have an overweight client because yeah, at least if they're coming to me still they're going to, uh, you yeah. know, and it's, you know, it's not, I don't necessarily feel like it's a massive philosophical failing if you can't move everyone as far no. as you'd like them, you know, sustainability is everything. The scale of time is important as well. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about keeping clients, like people can probably take three or four years, five years to get into the groove of exercising and changing their life. Yeah. If it takes that long, it takes that long. Yeah. Like, I know patience is yeah. obviously a virtue, but, uh, and as well, it's like a sustainable outcome, mm-hmm. you know, um, everyone's heard about it. Actually, one thing that really interested me, um, I used to be, uh, used to watch my girlfriend all the time as the biggest loser. Yeah. You know that? And mm-hmm. um, we got obsessed with a couple of series of the biggest loser. Uh, I think it was the Australian one. It was very, very good. But then, um, I mean, I suppose I was young and I never really thought about it this way. It was probably, this probably gone back 12 years ago before it was even really, uh, much in the fitness industry. But, uh, Everyone puts the weight back on from that show. Yeah, I've heard that. And then some, which is so impressive because yeah. some of them lose like 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. And it just it's goes like to it. show that if you don't have a sustainable environment where, you know, you're making the decisions for yourself mm-hmm. and you've come to the conclusions yourself, you know, it's like yeah. the people have to change for themselves kind of mindset. Yeah. Um, that you just are setting yourself up to fail. No, Which is I, true. I, yeah, I definitely did that with people as well. I'm like, yeah. time for car boot camp. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, girls are going on holidays or whatever and they want to get in a bikini and yeah, they look great for the picture. But I mean, mm. in terms of what actually what I would like for people, yeah. it wasn't. That happened though when we recorded the podcast with mom, she said, I asked her like, what 
advice would you give to other people who want to mm-hmm. try and get on the train at least? And she said, it just, one day you just, it dawns on you and you just realize mm. like, that's just what happens to people. Yeah. She just realized one day after me screaming at her for probably 10 years, mm-hmm. she was like, oh, cool. Now I decide. Yeah. So I guess that's just how it works. Sadly as well, often people need to get scared, you know, yeah. it's like health scare, you know, yeah. family health scare, mm-hmm. something like that has to happen to them to really shift them. Cause I mean, I was doing a talk this morning there and, uh, it was <laughs> like, what was the talk about actually? Um, kind of workplace wellness. Mm. So I was kind of doing a little bit of like, here's some stretches and mobility you can do yeah. to offset yeah. sitting at your desk all day. And then a little bit of on nutrition in terms of, you know, keeping your energy levels balanced throughout the day and stuff like that. The idea of sitting at a desk all day kind of scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially if you have an Apple watch. Yeah. The harsh reality of the fact that you've done 1500 steps and it's like half five. Well, we see we've neglected to mention the actual reason you like me and you think I'm good is because we have possibly identical hip injuries. I actually, you know, healthcare practitioners are the worst they never look after themselves Mm. I'm definitely like that as well I'm like there's like a node growing out of my hand a bone like there's confirmed that there is something growing out of your hand it's not not great yeah but uh, I've had this hip injury for like two years Mm -hmm. and because I think I know exercises and I know how to fix it like I can fix it but I clearly probably have a labral tear in my hip or some kind of groin tear but I finally actually booked my scan so now I can tell you that you should get your scan because I yeah, you probably should. I think you should. What do we have to do about it, though? You can go to the GP and get a referral. Oh, no, what can I do about it? No, no, no. What, if I get a scan, what the hell? Like, at least you have an answer. Then you yeah. know you've done a lot. You've 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 come a long way with your hip. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. in terms of pain levels and the ability of things you can mm. do, and you have good days and bad days. That's the, that's why it's that real kind of label label tear type pain. Yeah, where it's transient. You're like, oh, it's in my groin today. It's in the outside of my hip today. Oh, no yeah. pain the next three days. Mm. So uh, basically, I just pull my groin every time I try and do any sort of like deadlifts or squats. Yeah, it's not it's annoying. Like, yeah, probably have to get surgery then. Would I? I'm not going to do that. You don't have to. I mean, you've been working around it well so far. I yeah. mean, surgery is always the last option. I mean, yeah. it's different for someone like me where I'm playing basketball yeah, and yeah, I yeah. like, if I wanted to continue to play, mm. which I mean, realistically, I'm not going to be playing that much longer. If someone came in and told me you probably need hip surgery, I'd probably get the surgery and pack it in now because I don't want to be hobbling around when I'm 50 or 60. Like yeah. I want to be mobile, you know? Exactly. So. That would be my only kind of uh, impetus to get surgery would be like, if you can't walk when you're 60, mm. then you're going to die a lot faster. Yeah. If you can't move. Yeah. Chances are. Yeah. Although I am currently drinking out of a Donald Trump mug yeah. and he being the leader of the free world would have you believe that your heart only has a certain amount of beats in it. And that's why you shouldn't exercise. But isn't that true though, except for the non-exercising part? <laughs> yeah. Isn't, that, isn't there a number for all mammals and stuff? I mean, I wouldn't pretend to be an expert on that, but obviously, yeah. yes, your, yeah, you your heart is a motor, essentially yeah, a yeah. muscular motor that has so a, so a, a limitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so, is the mean, idea though, that you exercise and get my foot cut in the wires here? Then your heart rate kind of slows down. Sorry, say again. I was paying attention to the wires. Yeah, the wires can get you. So you have a certain heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You exercise. Obviously, yeah. it goes up when you exercise, which yeah. is why the Don is telling us don't be raising your heart rate because you're wasting valuable yeah. beats. Yeah, yeah. But BPMs. after you exercise and you get fitter, your heart 
your resting heart rate, rate you should go lower and your return to your resting heart rate goes quicker becomes quicker yeah and so the numbers kind of work out over your lifetime to be a lot lower yeah than if awesome. you just stayed at that yeah, of like, course yeah, so the Don yeah. is right, but he's also very wrong. Uh, I don't know. He's just wrong. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going there. Yeah, um, but also then, like you know, you're not taking into account all the other things. Like, and as I, I'm, I'm type one diabetic, uh, mm. as I'm sure you know. Yes, um, I do. So you begin to realize when you do have diabetes that so much of your wellness is influenced by your vascular system. Yeah, and how well that functions, and the like oxidative damage and that you know you do to your blood vessels mm. you know um not to only look at it through my lens but you do you definitely see that when you're diabetic you're like oh yeah. okay yeah if uh, and what kind of uh, for everyone that isn't like a diabetic or someone like me who reads mm. too much on the internet what kind of damage how are you doing this damage uh well i mean having uh well i suppose we start from the start from the bottom mm. um Type 1 diabetics as me um, lack uh, cells that are hilariously called the islets of Langerhans. <laughs> are they actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, um, we don't produce insulin in the beta cells of the pancreas. Okay. So insulin uh, helps you absorb energy, I suppose you'd say loosely, but specifically yep. carbohydrate, mm -hmm. um, more well specifically known. Uh, and it is often treated as the fat storage hormone as people have called it for years but it's just essentially a storage hormone um yeah. so we're missing that so we need to inject that uh, to help absorb our food properly mm -hmm. obviously if you have an internal self-regulatory system like a pancreas that functions properly it's going to be a little bit more adept and it's more inherent it's in there right yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. going to adjust quicker mm -hmm. to what's happening and it's better at you know secreting the insulin um, understanding how much you're because it's obviously connected to all the metabolic processes of what you're breaking down and you know yeah the knee bones connected to the, to the hip bone kind of yeah, thing let's yeah, say yeah, yeah. um so it can be tricky for type 1 diabetics to yeah because you guys just don't have the cells yeah and that's that's annoying yeah it's not great and type 2 diabetics are the ones that like eat themselves into it it's like an overuse syndrome yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's uh you can become like insulin resistant like and what do you make of this current I don't want to call it a trend, but knowledge that basically most people are pre-diabetic on the standard Western diet. Um, see, like that really depends on where you draw the definitions. Mm. Like, you know, um, there's a, there's a lot of movement in a lot of different directions because of the social media uh, regarding lots of different diets, you know, yeah, so yeah. people are very much into their flexible um flexible dieting some people are very much into the ketogenic diet you mm -hmm. know there's a million one there always has been a million one in diets but yeah, um yeah. i think you know obviously having a hugely dependent on high refined sugars and carbohydrates based diet is certainly leading people to be much fatter and let's say um more inefficient in terms of their cellular energy let's yeah, say yeah, to make yeah. it broad yeah. so people are getting shittier at using energy well yeah so you know where you draw the line between you know being diabetic or not i suppose is is, is on whether you take medication or not but yeah. every, everyone's everyone's creeping that way i mean i i remember when i was a kid like uh, i'm almost 32 now i'm 31 and i was diagnosed when i was six going on seven yeah right, so it would have been 1993 and yeah, 93 and um 
I can remember going out to restaurants and I didn't want to inject myself when I was a kid because yeah. people would literally just be like, holy shit, what's that little seven-year-old doing? And yeah. like, he's trying to be like, you have to, you have to inject your insulin. And I'm like, I don't want to do that in public. Yeah. And you'd, people, you'd tell people that you're diabetic and they'd be like, what's that? Yeah. Which is mad to think now because mm. everyone knows what diabetes is. It is weird, actually speaking. Like you're um, not that old. No. For that much of a change to happen. So, uh, so much, so much has shifted. I think the, um, How do you find out as a matter like the what diabetic? was going on with you when you were six? That they were like, oh, you're diabetic. Um, so obviously my memory is sketchy, yeah, but uh, I had flu-like symptoms, including incredible headaches. Okay. I remember having these like, like it felt like my head was being crushed. Yeah, that's I was repeatedly vomiting. I couldn't hold down any food. Really? I was going to the bathroom a lot. Now for most people, like they'll start going to the bathroom an awful lot. Mm. My roommate's younger brother moved in. It's with number us. one, isn't it? Sorry, second For the bathroom. Yeah, it's usually the most, yeah. like, across the board. My roommate's younger brother moved in with us maybe going on about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, a very slender guy. And he uh, he was always going to the bathroom and always drinking water. And, like, he seemed to be real low energy all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was, like, 24, so it didn't really cross, 23, so it didn't really cross my mind as to him being diabetic. And I was just like, you go to the bathroom a lot. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's because I drink so much water. And I was like, you're really thirsty a lot. He's like... Yeah, all the time like in mm. the middle of the night he's like yeah 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 i'll get up to go to the bathroom all the time and um there is some history of type 2 diabetes in his family okay and i was like man you might be it's weird like you, you, you could but you can be diabetic and be skinny like it can happen yeah. you know people just don't think it happens yeah so uh, a little bit of time went on and eventually he did go to his gp and they um, he's, he's, type, he's type one diabetic yeah Jeez. Yeah, yeah yeah so so obviously then there's a sliding scale if he's able to live till 24 Whereas yeah. you were getting sick at six. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of the symptoms were the same, but okay. uh, my, my, uh, it's funny. I, what I do remember is I was really sick and like, we wouldn't have bad food in our house at mm. all. Cause my yeah. mom and dad were really into fitness. Okay. Like we wouldn't have had crap in our house at all when we were kids. Um, my brother and sister are always talking about like, you know, having to make your own pizzas with mince meat on top of them and stuff <laughs> like that. And there'd yeah. be no sugar in the house. But, um, my mom was feeding me ice cream and like flat normal seven up to a type one diabetic. Oh no. So, I mean, like she was unwittingly doing her best to try and kill me. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, what I do know is that I was so badly dehydrated by the time I made it to hospital. Uh, I was in intensive care for two, maybe three, three weeks, I think. Really? Yeah. I don't think I got out of hospital for the guts of two months. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know I was so badly dehydrated that I was on like drips and then like for days, and then I started getting ice chips and I remember talking to the endocrinologists years yeah. later and when they were looking back through my file and they were mm. saying, you know, you were a little bit of water off maybe dying because really? you're that dehydrated and you have water, you could have brain swelling. Oh, shit. I don't really understand the mechanism behind that exactly yeah. now, but uh, I was like, I was right there apparently wow. at the time. Yeah. But I, I do remember I was, yeah, I was in the hospital for a long time. It was actually, yeah. Uh, it's actually something that was quite traumatizing to be honest I was with you. I'd say that sounds pretty traumatic. Yeah, I think um, I probably, um, it's, I'm, I'm not the type of person to have like hangups or yeah, yeah. be traumatized by things, but yeah. it's something I probably 
realized when I got to my early or mid twenties, because my relationship with my diabetes was very poor as it tends to be okay. with people, you know, they just, they get into secondary school and they get whatever, I'm going to eat sweets or yeah. you start drinking and you're like, yeah, whatever, you know, I'm, I, I'm not dealing with this. This isn't fair. You know, it's a real like 20 year old thing. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Fair. You know, and everyone else can do what they it's want. Understandable, though. So it is. Yeah. It's just immaturity, isn't it? And, um, then when I started to take better care of my diabetes a little bit, I did probably begin to realize that I was like slightly traumatized by that experience. Like yeah. I was six or seven. And then when I started talking about it a little bit more and thinking about it a little bit more, like it, it like sends shivers down my spine now even thinking about it. Like I remember mm. um, the word I was in was directly next to a children's cancer ward. And I don't know if I actually remember that consciously yeah. Yeah. until I was like 20 years older. Jesus. But, uh, I, I like it's it's weird to be in hospital at that age for that prolonged a time is, yeah. and see kids who are like bald from chemotherapy and I mean you can ask your parents but they can't make you understand what's going on no. I can definitely remember asking loads of times was I going to die I just didn't believe them that I wasn't going to die because there's all yeah. these other really sick kids around me okay yeah you so know you're like I'm one of them yeah um so it's That's pretty heavy stuff Matt. yeah it is geez yeah but um i think like that obviously probably contributed to what i do now as well i mean i yeah. wouldn't be here doing what i do if i wasn't if i wasn't quote unquote unwell you know yeah um, i'm grateful for my diabetes in, in a sense yeah. yeah obviously what's the general crack like with uh being a person with diabetes now like you're third nearly 32 mm -hmm. how is your life different to mine uh, so I'm monitoring my blood sugar a lot. Like yeah. I'll be testing my blood sugar four, six times a day. Okay. Um, and then I'm constantly adjusting my insulin, like some of my medication, injecting my medication. Obviously I'm injecting myself mm -hmm. six times a day very often. Okay. And, uh, which is bothersome. Yeah. And, uh, I'm kind of adjusting to what I'm eating all the time, adjusting what my blood sugar is. And, you know, there's no handbook. It's a very frustrating thing to do because sometimes, okay. you know, in an ideal world, your, your, your blood sugar should be between on, on the scale, the, the old scale I use is like 4.0 and maybe like 7.0, mm -hmm. something like that is a good blood sugar. Yes. But like some days, like say I was giving that talk earlier, right? my blood sugar was was all good it was like 6.5 or something like yeah. that when i went in when i come back out and i test it and there's adrenaline and stress in my body yeah it goes way higher okay yeah so that's um, annoying yeah and now this may be something that's a little bit more specific to me uh, i tend yeah, to yeah. have um more of a problem with the stressy hormone type mm. responses um not going to yeah, get you deep deep, deep sciencey stuff but uh so my, it can be variable and you're doing all the right things all the time and it doesn't work and that's why people give up and that's why it's frustrating because you're like but i did it i tried to do it the right way and my body fucked me you know yeah yeah that, everyone experiences that though it's just yeah. uh yeah i mean it's constantly having to be engaged with it all the time and do you have the, to avoid certain foods you don't have to, but um, it's I mean, we probably all do in a way. Yeah, and it's probably easier from a blood sugar control point of view to avoid um, simpler sugars. Yeah, uh, you have to inject less insulin. Then you know, You're just putting general less stress on the system. Yeah, well, I mean, like it's a massively elevated amount of insulin. Like, is probably going to age you quite faster. Faster as well. Like, yeah. you know, there's no, there's not many eighty year old bodybuilders out there. No, there is not. <laughs> Arnie's going for it, though. Yeah, he is. But yeah. he's, like, so rich, he's probably taking the blood of young people. Well, I think all the boys are on HGH now. Not to not to say anything about Arnie, not that he's going to be listening, I'd imagine. But no, uh, you never know. You never know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, your podcast compatriot, Joe Rogan, is always talking about uh, TRT. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Did I say HGH? Oh man, I, I take it back. I didn't mean HGH. I meant TRT. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Sorry. Sorry, Fuss. That again. Testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah. You're not supposed to say that till you're like 40 at least, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Which is, you're still going to age faster though, right? Or is, is there a point where that becomes a thing to do and you Well, age? testosterone has like a restorative property, you know? So you got to get that into you then. Well, I plan to do it anyway. Yeah. But like, there's so many, there's so many reasons to do it. Like, uh, hair, you know, sex hair, drive, sex drive, like all that stuff is not just, yeah. I mean, appearance and confidence, Lack obviously. Testosterone can be yeah. depression. Can yeah, well. very much so. Like, yeah. I mean, well, it's obviously there's all these different cascades involved yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, this is bro's you know, suppress. Yeah, it is. You're damn right. <laughs> Flexing my bicep here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, suppressing your testosterone will mm. not be good for your mind yeah. or your body in general. But uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't have any qualms about saying I'd like to do some TRT, definitely. Mm. Yeah, call me when you're ordering it all. <laughs> Get a few vials. Yeah. Well, it's just... You this know. is obviously we're talking about like when we're older not now well it's like eight years for me man or yeah, whatever. Geez. Maybe a little bit yeah, more. But I mean, hopefully because I'm so active and all that I will have uh, good levels of testosterone into my, my 40s and stuff like that. Yeah, but I, I mean, so. I think as well um maybe this is a gross generalization but irish men there are men tend to age a little quicker than mm. women mm, and yeah. i like maybe it's you've more of a like a social structure around you you've more friends more sociable uh, yeah you know historically you're not married to your job as much historically obviously not things are different now but mm. um i definitely don't want to grow old attitudinally that's what uh, the last podcast guest uh Morris said yeah. he said that they're kind of finding out now that the reason women are kind of living longer is more to do with the fact that they have a larger community mm -hmm. they're very way more likely to mm -hmm. go have lunch with their friends or um, yeah. I don't want to use like complete generalizations like shopping go they're for way it. more likely to <laughs> hang out with their friends basically yeah. and guys are more likely to like mm. come in here and grunt at the camera or you're going to go grunt at the barbell mm. and be like go my man yeah Hey man, how are you? Good man, you? Yeah, mm. boy. It's like... I wouldn't be... Uh, I'm not man. super manly either, but compared to girls. I I'm, was going to say, I'm not mad into the, like, uh, being extremely vocal about the mental health stuff. I'm yeah. not anti it necessarily now, but I mean, it's not like mm -hmm. I'm more of a gruff carry-on type. Not that I wouldn't be unwilling to talk about my feelings, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was interesting. At that talk I was at, there was a guy from Pieta House up there. I don't remember his full name. I know his mm -hmm. first name was Peter, but he was a very, he was an excellent, very polished speaker. You could tell he was speaking at businesses a lot. And, yeah. Uh, He's talking about kind of suicide prevention and all the work they do. And it's obviously a tough topic to talk about and still yeah. be accessible in an office. Yeah. Um, but uh, second loss of train of thought now. Mental health. Not yeah. talking about mental health. Oh, yeah. So he, damn, I forgot real quick there, didn't I? That's yeah, bad. It's really That's weird. And you're yeah. kind of like staring off the cliff going yeah. like, I... See, I'm not feeling pressure sometimes. I'm talking and I'm like, I'm yeah. talking to Jake. And then sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh man, get this right, you know? No, yeah. no don't worry. But um, this guy was a good talker anyway. No, well, the thing is he was saying about men versus women is that mm. uh, women, like even from a very physical point of view, women will go and have lunch with each other and they'll sit and face each other and make eye contact. Yeah. Men will go into the pub and look at the football and sit side by side with each other. Yeah. And they'd be like, uh, how's your job grant how's this grant and then like the guy will go home to his girlfriend or his wife and they'll be like oh how's billy's you know how's his baby he'll be like yeah. 
don't know. And it's because you've never, never bothered to ask, really. And it's something as simple as actually sitting next to someone and not making eye contact. Or, you know, I think men really avoid spending one-on-one time with people as well. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't. And then you're in a group, you're just bullying people all the time or slagging people. Like, especially if you're a South County Dublin person. Like, it's the the, the best guys, the guys, the funniest in the room. You know, you went to Michael's, you know. Yeah, Michael's. This is very good training for that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Even the teachers are at it. Um, that's funny. One thing my mom and Kate always say to me is like, how's like whatever's girlfriend? And I'm like, I have no idea. And they're like, you were just with him for three hours. And I'm like, mm. didn't ask, all right? Yeah. I, I, it's not that I didn't talk to the guy. It's just, I don't remember these things. Do you remember that thing? And like, I think it was the American military. Like, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. It was about homosexuality. Mm-hmm. I am a terrible man for... Don't ask, please tell. Okay. Um, and it is a a topic for controversy often with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm the type of person if something happens in my day, I will come home and I'll tell her about it. Okay. But um, I don't know. I'm sure people just don't have that uh, storytelling self confidence, or like they're not the type of person to volunteer information all the time. Where you know, I, often. Yeah. It's, it's a terrible damning thing for me to say. I can turn around um, and I'll be leaving. And I'll be like, okay, see ya. And she's like, you literally didn't ask me how this thing went that was happening today. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I'm, now it's it's much more a personal thing where I'm shit at asking people about themselves and I'm me good too, at volunteering yeah. information. Yeah. But it is, I think it is a more Irish male characteristic. Like it's a standoffish yeah. thing that we probably got from our parents' generation. Yeah. I have that as well. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm, 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 I'm really willing to listen to people. Oh yeah, if they it's just problems. I forgot I, to like, instigate the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I want to support the people I love, and I really care about my friends. And I just, you know, I talk to them all day about their problems. It's not I want to talk about myself all the time, but you just you kind of have to. Doesn't like you've just completely forget about it. Yeah, um, it's not like you're the typical male character who you know the, the son comes up to him and is like, "Oh, this happened at school," and he's like, "Shut up! I'm reading the paper." Mm. It's not like that. It's just like I just forget these things exist because I'm like in space somewhere. Do I get to ask you questions too? Yeah. What kind of father do you think you'd be? Well, like, I don't know why. It's just an interesting I'm sure question. everyone would say a good one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But like maybe two or three years ago, I would have said like a really caring one, mm-hmm. but I've definitely become way more mm, typical man. Is that really your business and stuff I, like that? I think you'd be starting to heart into the world yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Kind of way too much time at work. Um, uh-huh. In a way, like starting a business on your own, you sort of have to not kill your feelings a little bit, but like your, yeah, your, your kind of feelings of, oh, I got rejected by this client or, mm-hmm. oh, this didn't go that well this month. And, oh, it's been six months and this didn't happen. Now everything's been really good and everything's yeah. gone great. But you do have to kind of shut off taking everything personally and emotionally because if you do you probably just give up mm-hmm. like i can't handle this anymore you're gonna mm-hmm. have to go autopilot for a while yeah that wouldn't be the idea with a kid mm-hmm. so my plan was always to have a kid by 30 mm-hmm. so like a year ago i would have said okay you have to be living with the girl for a year before you can marry her so, you gotta move. so yeah. i've got nine yeah. months to move in with kate mm-hmm. then we would have a marriage which would take maybe another year then we'd be 29 and obviously a kid is nine months, maybe three months um, creating such a kid. Mm-hmm. So like I was on a, a timeline, but I've missed that timeline now. I'm th- 28, uh, be 29 in April. So yeah. unless we skip one of the stages, I kind of feel like maybe I have a bit of work to do in terms of getting the business rolling mm. and then I can start to, I don't know, 
not turn my feelings on again. Not because they're not off at the moment, but becoming more cushy again. Does that make any sense? No, it makes it makes a bunch of sense. Yeah. I like it, perhaps like I've I've thought that way myself as well. But perhaps that's like the uh, the typical thing of there being no good time to have a child thing Absolutely. where you're like, oh yeah, and this, then this, then this, then this, mm. you know, and then I need this much. Uh, to be this, this financially money, buoyant this yeah this was a big thing future like, clients, you know? whatever it is it's like starting your own business so I remember yeah. when I went out on my own like I was thinking about it for a while and then there's no good time to do it like you're not yeah. going to roll into your new like your new place where you set up shop like and you've suddenly got 10 or 12 reliable clients yeah that's not how it works you need to be I'm a big believer in uncomfortable like you yeah. need to be good at making yourself like the fire feel, yeah yeah very much but so. I'm also a believer in this is going to sound really weird but um, not weird but very woo woo I'm a big <laughs> believer in the universe like, I love the term woo woo by the letting way letting the universe know what your this the, I'm using too many woo woo words here but nah. letting the universe know your intentions mm-hmm often like the universe will answer those intentions in a different way. So to use a very specific example, I was sending, I was talking to my mom yesterday morning in Portugal before we came home. She was like, oh, like, are you going to sit down at the end of the year and see how your business is going and stuff? And I was like, no, I, uh, I know my business is going well. If, uh, if I've run it poorly this year or anything like that, that's a lesson. But I know that there's stuff coming in. It's, there's plenty of room to grow, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I was like, uh, okay, I'll send a few emails, get a few more, try and get a few more clients, try and get into a few big agencies and stuff. Cause that's something mm-hmm. I haven't tried to do yet. It's been kind of direct to clients. And obviously these agencies have like loads of work. So if you get yeah. in with a couple of them for a guy like me, that'd be a big thing. Get on retainer. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I mm-hmm. sent, um, first of all, I, I told people about this idea that I was having, I was going to do this, you know, this active thing, made mm-hmm. a show reel. Sent it to sent it to ten people so far, at six positive responses. That's fine because I initiated that action. Mm. Yesterday, flying home from Portugal, I had four absolute random companies, like big companies, contact me for no reason. That doesn't happen. I don't get four random big companies like in one day. Mm. The day after I decided and did send. You previously five didn't. Now you. Now you do. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. I even had five, ten different people, and then these four people who I've never heard of, mm. who I didn't know knew I existed, arrived at my door. And I'm like, oh, awesome. the universe realized I was not mm. asking for something, but ready for something. That sounds so dodgy. No, that's nice. I wish I could think. I wish I wasn't as cynical. I can think like that. My mm. my family, like, as my parents were very into like uh, meditation and things like that. And yeah. I do. I prescribe to a lot of that stuff, but mm. I wouldn't necessarily. Um, think like that a huge amount of the well, time there's not a single part of that that's not real yeah no it's like you put something out there give it your best shot and mm. stuff will come so yeah happen. if you put it in more it's very um, practical if you put it in more practical terms though you, it's like it's even the level of accountability is there so mm. if i tell you like uh that you know i have a, I have a real bad problem with uh, diet soft drinks yeah I, I like it's it's a problem like okay. i just i find them so addictive and, and I love they them. can actually spike Diabetes, insulin, can't they? Or blood sugar? Mm, well, here's the big, like, uh, they don't spike my blood sugar. At least some French guy I used to work with claimed that they did. They don't spike my blood sugar. And all the modern studies you will read will tell you that they don't uh, cause increased fat storage, blood sugar dysregulation, um, you know, hunger, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Okay. That's what all the studies say. Uh, 
as I was actually having a conversation with Faye, my girlfriend, the other day about this. And she's uh, a doctor. She is a doctor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. yeah. Mike drop there. She is a doctor. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about this, and I was kind of saying, like, I think people are over prescriptive to the idea of, um, you know, oh, this gives me cancer. Oh, mm. God, artificial sweeteners give me cancer. Yeah. And they're eating like a shitty diet all the rest of the time. And you're like, worry about that first, get you know, get your order. priorities in order. Yeah. And that was kind of, I was actually discussing a post I was going to make. Um, but, she was saying even from a really simplistic like visual point of view you know and there are a lot of things like it's up in the air as Mm -hmm. with all these things it's up in the air i mean there's definitely disruption to your endocrine system Mm -hmm. from excessive intake of artificial sweeteners like there has to be a cost to taking something in and there has to be a cost to your liver she was saying you're drinking something that's black doesn't matter if it's artificial sweetener or sugar and it comes out as urine. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck happened yeah. on the way down? Exactly. You're like, it can't come for free. No. You know? Um, Tim but, Ferriss says there's no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah, I, I like that why I mentioned Tim Ferriss. I haven't listened to him in years. But you, just, you just want to mention Tim Ferriss. Every he kind of started off the whole, I, I can't blame that guy for a lot of problems in my life. <laughs> he started off, I had a job. Existential crisis. No, I had a job in a software company and uh, it was all going well putting my degree to use and then this Tim Ferriss guy came along with his podcast and his four hour work week book mm-hmm. and just blew my brain open it's like you don't have to have a job that you don't want to and you don't have to go to work nine to five and no so I should probably be thanking him but yeah. like but ever since then it's been just every single day of like okay how does this work how will this work do this do that mm. it's caused me a lot of overthinking well I was, I was just going to say, even on the um, on the putting out in the universe thing, mm-hmm. even if you say things out loud, it gives you like social pressure and accountability. And you mm-hmm. say it to the people around you, then eventually you're going to have to do it. Yeah. So it's like accountability to come to me, you know, and that's a thing. And then you subconsciously naturally gravitate towards doing those things more so than because that's in your mindset. Yeah. And you might even be doing it on a subconscious level. And it's, you know, it's so the things you do are so minute day to day, moment to moment. It's actually hard to know what's really influencing the outcomes of the situations or not. Now, there's some woo woo for you, but yeah. no, that's I, that's how I think about it. But, I don't see any of this as woo woo. I think mm. it's like if you follow the tr- you just can't track it. Mm. But if you could, it would be quite obvious to see, oh, yeah, this thing happened here and that caused this. Mm. It's the kind of the butterfly effect. Mm. But that's, with, with the Tim Ferriss thing as well, like you just better hope that not everyone cottons on to the fact that you don't need to work in a corporation that you don't like yeah. or, or underpaying you or whatever. Like everyone yeah. has that like light bulb eureka moment. I think I can remember working uh, in a gym quite close to here and mm-hmm. um, like just seeing the fees that would come in and be like, oh, that person paid like you know a thousand euro for three months of personal training and you're like i'm getting paid 1061 an hour exactly and you're like do you really think that you can't talk people into coming in the door do you really think that you know it's not you they're coming to train with Mm. and like people have that light bulb moment i think a lot of the time and they go like wait a minute i'm I'm done with this shit i'm gonna do my own thing you know and if that's if you like uh, i'm i'm a big advocate of making yourself uncomfortable in those regards like like I say, worrying, like yeah. praying someone's walking in the door because you can't pay the rent. Exactly. You know, it's like ask a busy person if you want something done type thing, you know. But it's just like a risk reward situation. If you're willing to shit yourself about who's going to come train with you, you're going to get paid for it. Yeah. Versus going to stand with the other guy who does all the worrying and you're, you know, selling your time to him. Mm. Yeah. I mean, like I know now I've gone to a new 
new premises and I'm working out of the old place as well. And I'm very happy working in both gyms, yeah. but, um, just cause of the nature of the business model in the other gym I was working in, you know, they were gravitating more towards those kind of small supervised glass numbers, hit glasses, stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, if people are going to pay 150 euro a month versus 600 euro a month and the only catch is they're in a group getting personal training, yeah. they're going to do that. So there wasn't a huge amount of business there for me. Um, but it's amazing how quickly when things start going wrong, you just to blame all the external factors. It wasn't me. It's this person. It's that person. It's, you know, um, whatever it might be, like it, everything the world is against you all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah. And like nothing has changed since I've gone to the new place in terms of my situation in my life or yeah. my outlook. Like, but I've gotten, you know, eight or 10 new clients, yeah. but it's just because you're putting yourself out there to do exactly. it. And you're in a situation where there's other people there who are trainers and they're looking at you if you don't have clients or you haven't been in for a couple of days, you know, have clients, they're looking at you. And, and, and look, I'm not saying you should be worrying about what the world thinks of you all the time but mm. uh, and then you have a boss there you know who you have to pay rent to to use the gym and then you know you have yeah. other clients there who are like how can we never have another client before or after me and that like external pressure is really positive like yeah. you know those it's like I always say like people are like I don't care what people think and I'm like Caring what people think means we're not rolling around the ground naked in our own feces. That's what I was about to say. If you're wearing clothes, do you care a lot what about people what think? People think? Yeah. yeah, it's really important to care about what people think. 100%. Uh, and I really, I suppose it's actually You just gone. have to learn to, to, to filter that in and use it as drive versus like, mm. oh, I hope that person likes me. You have to say, well, I'm going to do some good stuff over here. Mm. And then... Yeah, it's it's not about being liked though. It's about no. having a character that's valuable, Dead. or people Providing valuing your skills, exactly. and not necessarily your skills as a reflection on your personality. It, but it does break down to that like kind of ancient. What do you provide to the community buzz? Where mm -hmm. everyone used to be like, "Oh, this guy goes out and hunts the meat. This person chops it up. This person minds the kids. This person gets the wood." Yeah, like boils down to that kind of. Yeah, I mean, we're not that different. We're not that more complex, really. We'd, we'd love to think we are, but we're not. No. I'm actually surprised it's taken us this long to get on to, I was going to say something about social media. It's this long to get on the topic of social media. You're probably going to kick me off before I even get onto it now. But, no, uh, not at all. I, um, uh, I have some strong feelings. I mean, yeah. this podcast is going to be on I know. social media. I think social media is, I wouldn't have this job if I didn't have social media. True. But at the very same time, I absolutely despise what it is mm -hmm. i feel the exact same but way. i think our great leader uh, the real leader of the free world joe rogan yes it's kind of he's talked about it a few times i think he's trying all day joe rogan podcast exactly all night. he's kind of summed it up perfectly in that uh we are in the very kind of start of this yeah we're just getting used to what the hell is social media mm -hmm. i honestly think in 50 years people are like oh that thing on the table is vibrating and loads of shiny things yeah. i don't care i've yeah. seen that loads of times before the information the is first, in my nanobots in my brain. Yeah, yeah we're <laughs> the first test dummies. And we're like, yeah, people are addicted to it. People mm -hmm. are all this kind of crack. I think we're going to get over it. Mm -hmm. And we'll use the good parts of it. Mm. It's funny, like, because there's this completely contradictory dichotomy in it as well. And it goes back to the thing of caring about what people think about you. Yeah. Uh, like, where we, we seem to be told now in the era we're in to really care what people... The people who we vaguely know or mm. we know of or we don't really know uh, that well yeah. to know whether they're the type of characters whose opinions we should value like yeah. we really are told that we should value them and value their likes and value their interaction um and you should really think about what people think now no one's saying that overtly but that's what's mm. happening and then on the other side of the coin you have people going 
don't worry about what people think about you. If your friends don't support you, I, I saw this really, and again, I won't name them, um, really prevalent, one of the most prevalent female social media um, influencers, I would say, in, in Ireland. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone would know her. So this post the other day and you know like now admittedly here i am criticizing the person and i was looking at their posts yeah you know so what can i say it's why people watch x on the beach the system it's has. why people watch love island yeah. i have to be on it yeah. if if i could get all my clients and reach all my clients and help my clients without being on it i wouldn't be but i kind of have to be and i try to keep it practical now i understand like I'm being hypocritical saying this because I was looking, but it's often, you yeah, know, yeah. it's often for me looking like looking at animals in the circus. Like, you know, you're like, I want to see what's going on out there. And yeah. I go, we'll follow the most prevalent people because yeah. I kind of want to dismay at it, to be honest. Mm. But, um, the question they asked you was, did you, um, did you have any like negative outcomes with your relationships or friendships when you decided that you were going to make a push into becoming a social media influencer? Mm. And, the answer completely astounded me. So she basically said that, yeah, I actually lost a lot of friends. Now she said, she said that her friends were like, you know, calling her derogatory things like they were calling you a whore, mm. which, you know, they're not your friends if they're calling you a whore, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. um, they were saying that she was selling her body and mm. then they were selling, selling herself short or whatever. And mm. that, you know, she essentially felt that if they don't support you, they're not your friends. Yeah. I just sat back and think, thought about it. Now, obviously, my parents are a bit of an older generation, but yeah. even like the my social circle, uh, I know that all those people, what they value in their friends is the ability to challenge people when you think they've done wrong. Yeah. You know, and mm. we're completely flipping it over where it's like we value the masses, but we devalue people close to us unless they completely support us. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And to challenge someone, like to socially scold someone, mm -hmm. uh, is deplorable. It's like, oh, why aren't you being supportive? And then, like, with the social media stuff, there seems to be this tie-in of mental health as well. Mm. And it's really quite sinister in that it kind of manipulates the, the what am I looking for, the kind of the zeitgeist with the, with the mental health stuff, yeah. where it's like, oh, you got to support people because of mental health. If yeah. you don't support people, you're an asshole. Yeah. Well, maybe you need to challenge people too. That's really important to be challenged. It's like we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really, really important that people around you challenge you so you can you can become better. But yeah. like to just be concerned about the opinion of the masses on this like really aesthetic level problem, just disturbs me. I honestly think the problem with that whole situation is uh, one of economics. Mm -hmm. Like these people are like it's now genuine it's there's no basically there's no barrier to access to becoming uh, a social media person an influencer no. or a youtuber whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. uh the financial reward is absolutely outstanding is it yeah here's my question it is, is it is it not do you know how much money now look this is a million yeah. views is a lot of views and it's yeah. very hard to get do you know how much just google pays you for a million views I know it's a lot of money, but I don't know. Seven thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah. That's mm. and that's roughly estimated at about ten percent of the sponsorships such a video would get. Wow, that's a lot of money. It's insane. It's like, and you have people going to become accountants, wow. uh, like lawyers, and they give fifty to eighty hours of their week. They uh -huh. don't have friends either. Yeah, their friends don't support them being absolute death jobs. That's a fair point. I don't support that either. Just so you, you know, know. Yeah, but, no, yeah. but like, I think because you can't reach those lawyers on social media and mm. say, oh, it's disgraceful that you don't put your kids to bed and you're, you know, yeah. what kind of mother or father are you? Mm. These people are like, no, I'm not saying all of them make that much money, but these people are making money that would make you do that. I would do that for that money.
Okay, but it's it's. I'll, I'll that give sounds you. very harsh. I'm not. I don't. No, you quite put me in my place there to a certain degree. I'll hand it to you, but I will give you an analogy. But also, if you said it's real, like there's that's the problem that these people are losing the care about their friends because they're getting paid mm-hmm. not to care. They're like, why would I stop this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do this for ten years. I can yeah, have homemade. Yeah. Like I'm. I don't have to work. Yeah, and then I can have all my friends all day. Mm, and they're you know that's not the perfect solution pretty sad and have very low self-worth because absolutely like that was the thing that astounded me about that girl like she was like they said it was selling my body and like yeah you are like i'm selling my body too yeah like every time i put up a picture or every time i walk into a gym session i'm selling my body too but if that's all you're going to if that's the only merit you're going to sell yourself on Mm. then that's the only that's the only reason people are ever going to respect you people aren't going to respect you on multifaceted levels if you just tell them like you know sitting down on my ankles on the beach in a bikini like throwing sand in the air you're like you're i'm not i'm not disrespecting you yeah you're telling me that you're not worth respect don't get me wrong i hate that stuff i think it's it's so bad the message it gives out particularly definitely to men as well but it's more so women like the whole plastic surgery thing Mm -hmm. the photoshopping thing yeah they're like being unbelievably tanned uh, taking a hundred photos just to get one right like do you remember the 90s and people had like if people had botox or whatever it's like they have botox they have plastic surgery and it's like everyone's got lip fillers now you know questions it yeah and you know like fair enough if you want to have it and all that but i mean I'm probably, you know, I'm probably going to call you out on it and yeah. ask you why if, if I'm your friend. But if I'm not your friend, then fine. It makes you happy. If it actually makes you happy, mm. more power to you. you know? I think that's where the mental health stuff comes from is mm. like, these people go off and do this. They get paid a lot of money and subsequently lose a lot of their real life. Mm. And then they're kind of left in this vacuous hole mm. with the whole pot of gold. And they're kind of like, geez, I kind of hate myself. Mm. So there is, but that's the same with the kind of, it's a new thing. There is this trend now of like YouTubers making it on YouTube, hanging around for a year, and then mm. they're just kind of gone. Yeah. They've it's, got literally the cycles quick. If they've in, got like $5 million dollars in the bank, they might go start a business. They might invest. Mm. They don't need to hoard themselves anymore. But the news cycle is sped up in everything, like in celebrity and yeah. sports stars, in just information culture. Like mm. everything comes and goes quicker. I don't, I don't, don't mean to lump you in with the influencers. I actually no. extract you from that part of the Venn diagram. There's the Venn diagram up in the wall there. Yeah. But I extract you from that part of the Venn diagram because you have an like an intellectual thing to sell. But I'm not. I, I mean, I've never made any money from any sort of posting online, mm. and I don't think I've ever got more than like. In the last year, I've never got more than like a hundred likes. But so I don't I think most people. An influencer. I think most people go out there like to 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 showcase themselves, though. Like, I mean, yeah. I obviously like I'm well, old. I'm answer. old, and I'm not going to be popular enough to make money off YouTube videos. Yeah. But uh, I only go there to get myself out there, and the same with you. You're probably only going mm. to get yourself. Out. You're not. You're not going there to explicit intent to make money, which is a little bit more. Yeah. Classless let's yeah. say you know but i think it's getting to the stage where it's like why is it okay to say i'm gonna go make videos and sell them or i'm gonna train someone mm-hmm. for money yeah i think it's gonna become a point where it's a legitimate option i'm going to make youtube videos or put myself on instagram to make money in yeah. the same sense that you and i do things to make money yeah and i guess there's a certain degree of like i mean I think I could it's do I think I could do YouTube videos. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to do that. Mm. I don't 
want to be on Instagram talking to the camera yeah. all the time, walking down the street doing the selfie thing, talking because that's not my personality. Yeah. And the way I'm caught in the social media thing is I'm unwilling to be myself mm-hmm. constantly on social media because that's for my private life. Yeah. And I'm unwilling to not be real. So I just can't do it. I feel very aligned with that. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If somebody tells you you had to become a fitness influencer mm-hmm. and take loads of pictures with your, your top off, you had to keep a good spray tan mm-hmm. and uh, get your teeth bleached. <laughs> yeah. And they would pay you in the next year 400 grand. Would you do it? No, fade, leave me. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, that's a good reason. Yeah, that's that would be the number one reason. Also, like, I think, you know, I, I, do I, I judge myself really heavily. Like, as a, I would 100% do it. You would do it? Oh, 100%. Would you? Yeah. If someone put me on a salary of 400 grand a year and told me I had to post a picture every day and work out, I'd be like, yeah, fine. I, yeah, maybe I have too much pride. The money, the, like, the opportunity and freedom that money would open up to you, though, is nuts. It's true, but You'd then you have a big Matt Kelly gym. Like, but then you're warehouse. always that person. No, I, I don't think you are. I think you can just be like... To, to, as far as the world's concerned. Wipe the slate clean, though. Like, just, yeah. If you disappear for a year or two, nobody's going to remember you. No one would do that with me anyway. I'm way too outspoken. No one would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be malleable enough to... Hypothetical, though. But, like, do you know what it... Ha- I know it's hypothetical. <laughs> I, okay, I won't go further okay, into the hypothetical. I'm going to break so, it to you, okay, I don't have 400 grand to give yeah, you. Yeah, is this why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. The mics are just for show. Surprise. Um, but... Yeah. Well, you can see the catch though is like it's not like they're getting paid like you know an average wage to do this mm. people that are successful at this get paid extortionate amounts so there's two things on that right i don't uh, people argue this with me sometimes yeah uh, i don't tend to surround myself with a lot of big social media people all the time although like i don't necessarily i wouldn't not be your friend because you're big on social media yeah but um are they really making a lot of money at the mid level? Like are people not just doing things for trade? Cause like say I've trained some bikini fitness competitors and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Like those people are getting sent free protein samples and stuff like mm. that. Uh, and they're not getting cash money unless mm. they're actually doing no, a YouTube no, there's channel. There's definitely a large bunch of people who are like whoring themselves out for nothing. But that's not a career as no, well no. as there is the issue. Like no. what happens, you know? Yeah. That's there's mm. definitely a gap. Yeah. What happens when you get old? And um, I don't know if you've ever listened to uh, The Butterfly Effect. It's a, it's a I've po- listened to three episodes. Yeah, so oh, why wow, I'm talking to the people now. For the people who don't know, it's a podcast on um, the advent of uh, free online pornography. and how, Yeah, Pornhub specifically, and how it has kind of affected different people in different walks of life and, you know, everything they... They talk about this preacher committed suicide and people working online and then the porn stars themselves. There's no market now in the porn industry if you're 22 or over I heard about that, or yeah. 32 and under. Mm. So between 22 to 32, because you're not like a hot teen, no one wants to see in, your, in the pornography. If you're, yeah. over, if you're not over 32, 33, you're not yeah. a MILF and no one wants to see you in the pornography. I listen to so, that episode, yeah. Yeah, so like everything is becoming hyper-specialized. So event, the turnover is going to be so quick eventually mm. once people think that they can make money out of this. And the thing, like people, some people are very successful, but what I, I, would you ever tell your kids, you're like, what do you want to do with your life? I think you should become a professional athlete. 
because mm. it's essentially the same thing it's because at similar. the top end you're gonna make a whole bunch of money mm-hmm. at the medium you might yeah. you might get some good trade you make some money you can get by have some good experiences but for everyone else it's probably like your self-worth it completely plummets because no one's liking your yeah. stupid posts again though it's back to that risk reward situation mm. you like if you want something big you're gonna have to potentially pay for it oh you're good aren't you but yeah. that's the truth like it's, yeah. it is just economics mm. all of us mm-hmm. like that girl I don't know I have a fair idea which one I'm talking about but I don't actually know because I don't have Instagram on my phone that's the first Ooh. move okay I'll bring you through the do you not post I post very rarely I only post like um, I'm caught in that same by the way the thing about you and your work thing that's mm-hmm. like a lie you're telling yourself I'm caught in the same lie it's like definitely could have an Instagram account and check it once or twice and maybe every two days oh i do i do that i do okay. that yeah but then i consider you to be like healed yeah i'm, I'm you're not I'm, addicted i like to think i'm somewhat balanced like, there was a point where on my screen time it was like two hours of instagram hmm. and i was like jesus christ what is going on i don't get very rarely i'd say i've got three jobs from instagram ever yeah like I don't, I get. Yeah, I've gotten very few as well. Myself. So why are we there? That's not worth that three. Those three jobs or the three clients or whatever it is for you. That is mm. not worth the the pretending. The juice ain't worth the squeeze for our jobs. It's yeah. a lie. I know. Well, I mean, I've only really started make a big push recently as yeah. well. I actually, I've have, been liking every single one. Thanks, man. Appreciate no it. I actually have. Like, I'm trying to keep it practical and like things that people can or say and I'm trying to keep my top on as much as possible mm-hmm. okay the whole time but uh, I have a great guy I work with his name is Ian Kuhn mm-hmm. I'd feel bad if I didn't give him a shout out after yeah. all this Instagram talk um, so he's uh, been helping me develop That's, content and yeah. video and taking, kind of taking the stress out of it because I think mm-hmm. a lot of the stress is actually doing the shit where I'm like taking the pictures and I don't know if that's good or not and how this reflect upon me and he just yeah. takes a lot of pictures and sends them to me and then I can post what I'm comfortable with and have a nice little post underneath it yeah. and I can still espouse the really anti-social media views I obviously have and yeah. still participate and I feel like less of a hypocrite that makes sense though in yeah. a way you're kind of like offloading your stuff to him without like over analyzing yourself yeah. So I imagine you're the type of guy that would be like sitting at home thinking about it for four hours and then saying, no, I can't post anything. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, yeah, it's kind of like me going to the gym. I'd be like, what workout will I do today? Mm-hmm. I learned about 400 workouts, Yeah. Uh, but I've never actually trained someone. So I'm just going to Google which is the best of these 400 and then mm-hmm. sit there for six hours when yeah. you could have worked out. So now I go to Matt and Matt says, well, Jake, this is what we're doing today. And I go, great, Matt. Yeah. Thank you for saving me six hours of it's mm. pure pain yeah i mean I, I look i hold my hands up and say like obviously element of my distaste for this is uh fueled by a level of resentment in terms of their success because like i mean i i i know i know some simple organic chemistry i know like you know yeah a lot about anatomy i know mm. influencers don't need to know that uh, and it's like the checks and balances in terms of intellectualism frustrate me because yeah. Uh, I just don't like the idea that you can get away with being stupid and be successful because I mean, it's just, I don't, it stands me all the time how people just follow these people and do what mm. they say because they look good because they've, a lot of them have probably won the genetic lottery, you know, yeah. and people are buying their PDF programs all the time. And you know what? It, like, I'm a big advocate of the idea that uh, don't 
blame the people blame the system if mm -hmm. people are dumb enough to buy those programs off those people then good for those people they should take their money and run because yeah. it's down to the people to make a cultural shift about how they interact with fitness and programming and, like, and all that stuff of those people that have won the genetic lottery and they're selling their programs that is their program mm -hmm. don't get me wrong there's a lot of shady stuff that goes on yeah, it's their business model but like they aren't really lying they're like this is the program yeah. i did this is what i ate this is what i look like yeah yeah now whether or not they're like juicing behind the scenes or whatever that's a completely different topic yeah i mean you can't really but say that but... that is you're right the system's issue yeah why like the system is like you can go train people for money imagine all of a sudden the system swapped and you were getting like 10 grand for session you're telling yeah. me I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I, I love altruism. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass on the money. Thanks. I you would know? do videos for like loads of money too. If someone was just like, oh, by the way, the system changed today forever, and we've added four <laughs> zeros on. I'd be like, I like the system. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't expect people people not to act within their own interests. Exactly, you know? but yeah. at the same time, it is very shady, and there's a lot of bad information out there. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like it for your type of industry though I have to say it's so good like, it's there's, great, so, there's a lot more purity in it like no, you know that's the thing really? it's that, just because you're not outside looking in maybe yeah, yeah. there's so okay. many of the similar nuances like the mm. not necessarily the steroids issue because you can't give your video steroids <laughs> but you can make fake everything yeah it's like, like this motherfucker's using star wipes and everyone follows them or, yeah <laughs> exactly or like uh, it's more so in photography people say they got a great shot of like say the Grand Canyon Mm. stars behind and it turns out it's a composite where they've taken stars from like somewhere else uh, yeah 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 that's fine that's a whole other field in itself but the the blur is kind of happening the same way the blur is happening with people photoshopping abs on and stuff yeah yeah and you're kind of like well what do i do there's a lot mm. of nuances i have a tangential question mm. so you know um all those I, I love space and stuff like that yeah uh, you know those pictures you see in space there's like of these nebulas and they're crazy mad yeah. spectrums of colors like that's taken through all these mad lenses and treated a million times over, isn't it? And it's a, there are a lot of their composites, like so they're pulling in stars from other places and stuff like that. I don't like actually that. know. Really? I mean, I'm sure it's probably a pretty healthy mix of both. Mm. I reckon the universe is like the coolest thing ever. And that's mm. where like those artists get their idea for paintings and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure there's a ton where they're like, I'm just going to Photoshop this and move this over and mm. make this a little bit brighter. And that's the thing as well. It's like you're, it's perfectly acceptable to make things brighter or, you know, move the colors a little bit over towards orange. Yeah. It's again, where do you draw the line? Similar nuances. What's it's like, back? yeah. Can you take creatine? Yeah. Well, mm. well, why can't you take whatever? Ephedrine. Exactly. I know they're not, they don't do the same thing, but it's just like, you know, yeah. one, one enhances performance and the other one Absolutely. does as well. So. But I similarly have the resentment that you have about people who make videos and I'm there like thinking, no, I definitely make better videos than that mm. person. They have, whatever thousand followers to get all the likes they work with all the cool brands it's not so much irish people because our ireland's a really small market yeah but yeah and i'm like oh i get like 81 likes on my latest video that i worked for weeks on and i'm like mm. i'm ahead of this place whatever and that mm. that kind of is where it started for me it was like i need to get off this place and not put myself up for judgment and do you think like is there more weight to being kind of um like if is the outcome more important in your world than it is in mine so like if i'm training people and i happen to have success doing some mad watermelon diet with them yeah you know that doesn't necessarily give me a huge amount of gravitas or weight behind what i'm doing but if you make a video and it's you know star wipes and there's 
watermarks of Getty's images on it, but mm-hmm. there's 10 million likes on it. Is, yeah. is that all that matters? Like, is taste all that matters? Is cultural capital all that matters in your world? Um, I actually don't really fully understand. So like video, you make a video, right? Yeah. It's a shitty video. Yeah. Uh, as if you, I sat down 10 people mm-hmm. who were good videographers. They right? all say it's shit. They all say it's shit, but it's 10 million views. And yeah. then there's this like beautiful, I don't know, whatever. David Fincher film yeah, yeah. and everyone, like and the masses never went to see it it was a big flop and everyone yeah. hates it like but artistically it was perfect yeah does that matter in your world I, or is it, is, it, is it like that's the question I'm trying to get at is now because of social media is yeah. all that matters likes and views well I think it's kind of like you could put the analogy from your world of someone can lose 10 kilos or someone can improve their life one of them is like measurable mm-hmm. one of them isn't so like you can say this video got a million views uh, or you can say this artistic video is beautiful. Mm. That's subjective. Mm. Is what I think both matters, but I, as a person who makes videos, I need to pay attention to both because I'm a bit of a capitalist yeah. and I'm very aware Word. that if I can't pay my bills, mm-hmm. I have to go get a real job. And if I <laughs> have to have a real job, I probably won't have the effort or the time to put into my mm-hmm. artistic pieces. Yeah. So I'm very aware that this top capitalist money-making thing fuels everything else. Mm. And in turn, like the artistic stuff is what you bring to people and that's why they pay you. Yeah. But like, I don't see any evil with the, the money or the likes of the views. Okay. As long as you can take that and say, yeah, that's what lets me express myself in my free time. The free time is what informs my business. Mm. And then I feed my family and I feel good about myself. Yeah. I think I agree with you. I think if the, I think when it comes to the fitness industry, if the message is empty is where I have a problem with it. You know, um, I came under some criticism for, um, criticizing influencers, like going over into the kind of the self-help arena Mm -hmm. as well. And I'm like, what I said was, excuse me, if essentially I don't want to take like life advice from people who haven't suffered hardship. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're 22 and you're living at home with your parents or whatever, and you've never experienced anything in, in the real world and you're telling me how to run my business or you're telling me how to be happy yeah, and you're putting up these platitudes, like, you know, the live, life love, thing. live, love life or whatever things yeah, yeah. like fuck off. Like that's yeah. that. And then people latch onto that and think it's of worth. Mm. And that's where I worry about it for people. That's where like the resent thing goes out and it's more the worry thing. Yeah, where I'm like, oh no, people are like latching onto really bad advice here. This this won't be good for them. You yeah. know? Well, here's but, a point that I, I know you asked me beforehand mm-hmm. what you want to talk about, and I didn't really have any points. <laughs> but here we are. This is one thing I did want to ask you. And I mm-hmm. think it's I don't like the whole fitness scene in Ireland. Yeah. I don't like the whole fitness scene in the world. Yeah. For all the same reasons you don't. Mm-hmm. It's very kind of surface level. It's very sell yourself. I think it's great that these people are getting money and they're entrepreneurial and go for it i'm all for that but like in general it's kind of a dirty world and it's very bleh. Mm-hmm. but tell me this matt as someone who is interested in fitness as much as i am do you feel like the whole thing has been moved in the right direction in terms of getting people healthier like has this fitness explosion on instagram ultimately been a net positive for people's life find healthier like i mean the thing is people walk down the road and they see less fat people and they're like yeah, the world's healthier yeah. you know then people might be unhappier because they're mm. skinnier you know or you know there's these there's masses of people who have 
I mean, who are orthorexic or, you know, have um, disordered eating as opposed to eating disorders. Um, And I mean, I'm the first person to say that I have massive body dysmorphia. Like I weigh like 100 kilos, but I look in the mirror and I see like, you know, I'm like probably six inches taller than you. I don't, I I like, I'm like um, slightly larger than him. Really? Yeah, so you're I, like the opposite of Kate. I get struck. Yes, yes. Kate thinks yes. she's the same size as I was me. about to say, I get struck by Kate all the time because Kate's a very small human being. Yeah. So I will be in the gym training Kate and I catch myself in the mirror. And like I, I think I said to you a couple of weeks ago, yeah. I'm like, we're barely the same thing. Yeah. You know, so what height are you? Uh, I'm about 6'4. Yeah. Which yeah. is tall. Yeah. And Kate's about 5'5, five, 5'6, five, five, maybe. So yeah. she's actually not even like tiny. 5'2 mm-hmm. is tiny, probably. 5 foot tiny. She's yeah. a just under average I she's say. just a slight human being yeah, though by her nature she's a small girl right? yeah, yeah but Kate thinks that she's the same size as me yeah she's always like flexing her biceps and stuff and in the like mirror i 5'10 ish um, it's rather charming but it's hilarious we're about 30 kilos every yeah, yeah. and she's like no I'm the same size as you <laughs> and then when you finally said to her you know he's like he's not the same size as you and that's why he looks you're like one and a half of them yeah, like, like, <laughs> she was like me and mm. we were like yeah she thought it was just me messing mm. But still, though, knowing all you know about like yeah, sorry to answer the question. Health and stuff is yeah. No, I definitely think we're making a move in the right direction. How important health is? How important exercise and food is for yeah. health? I mean, yeah, and I think like do you know what? It's great. There's a massive dissemination of information happening. Like it is unequivocally positive that yeah. people have access to information. Like it's always positive, and if the, if you have any problem historically, education does seem to be one of the main things to solve it and mm. you know it's obviously trying to sift through the information is a tricky part uh i think but like if rob posts a, a picture on instagram uh, and like he says this is the ab workout he does mm. and whether or not that's real or not or true yeah. i don't know i'm not making any accusations against rob lips but that doesn't matter because is, people yeah, are doing what i'm that saying is there's going to be a thousand guys across the, the schools in dublin mm. who are like see his photo jesus he's ripped let's go to the gym after school Mm-hmm. I think that's job done. Mm, there's no concern about health in that instance, though. Uh, yeah. Like, I've looked better, and I would say I've definitely been less healthy, for me personally, as a, mm-hmm. as a case of one. Um, well, like, I, what, I, what, what we're, I think there's de- definitely, perhaps by proxy, been a movement towards people being more healthy because they're obviously leaner and more active, mm-hmm. more outdoorsy, and it's more fashionable to do things like that as well. And like, Can't you know, more young girls either. play sports now. And like, there's a lot of good mm-hmm. initiatives to, you know, increase the participation in sport in young women and like, to get women more active, especially when they're younger. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff that's great that way. But we're kind of, again, it's like the Joe Rogan thing. We're at the first stage. So yeah. we're getting into a different thing now because yeah. Instagram health or fitness or whatever you want to call it, the influencer culture is different to what I would call the fitness industry because keep in mind, it just wasn't there when I started. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think in terms of the advocacy for the fitness industry, as I would see it, yes, it's made a massive help, you know, mm. and you can see it in corporations. Like I was in speaking uh, um, Ernst Young today. Uh, and you know, they're having health weeks all the time in places. They're getting people in to speak. Like they are more mind. You can be cynical about that and think that businesses are only doing that to keep their, their staff happy, but like happier, healthier staff equals more productivity, less days lost. Capitalism. Yeah. 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 It it is good. Yeah, exactly. Capitalism runs through. It is, it's good capitalism as well to have your workers healthy, you know, hundred percent. Um, so like, I think there is a lot of that happening, but then we're going to see with the generation, like maybe one or two generations beneath us, 
when it's really more an aesthetics thing, it's more of a, you know, looking good and pressing people thing because there's so much of, it's not just fitness with that. It's fitness, but I'm also wearing this watch. It's fitness when I'm wearing these shorts. Oh yeah. And it's not exclusively health orientated. So I wouldn't say that's necessary because, you know, we don't know yet, yeah. but I wouldn't, wouldn't say it's necessarily exclusive in that regard if they're all going by the app program. Absolutely. F- for me anyway, but, uh, and it's like it's, it goes back to that. I was talking to someone about this yesterday. Sorry to cut across you, but, um, that's okay, Matt. That's why there's two mics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, uh, I, I don't know if you know, like Bob Dylan. I love Bob Dylan. I'm a massive yeah. Bob Dylan fan. But it's the famous thing about when Bob Dylan was questioned about, you know, uh, the movement in music, the radicalization and the politicization of music. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was asked, like, you know, everyone in that era was like, oh, that rock and roll, that noise, you know, that jungle music, whatever they were calling him. Yeah. Uh, and he said, the kids are all right. You know, mm. and it, it always stays with me because I just feel like I'm probably less culturally relevant now as I've gone into my 30s and I'm there going like, oh, the music's not as good as it used to be. Oh, this isn't as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. The fitness industry has changed. But like, I'm not the one dictating what the world is anymore as much as I go into my 30s and then my 40s. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. dictated by the people in their 20s. So mm-hmm. it's their uh, it's their world to interact with. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so we'll see. We'll see how it goes with all that stuff. Like now, tell me, is it? Um, you said it's not. You've been looking better, but not being as healthy. No, no, no. I said that I, there's been times where I've looked better, but not been as healthy. Yeah, sorry. I'm. Yeah. On is it generally true that like if you're, you can you if like being what I'm trying to ask is, yeah. being absolutely shredded is not proportional to being absolutely healthy. No. In fact, quite the opposite. No. I wouldn't say quite the opposite, but I mean, it's certainly having a six pack does not mean you're healthy. That's a guy, a big, big fan of Phil Lerny. Mm. Often used to say that he'd be a guy who I followed a lot when I was younger up until now. Um, And uh, yeah, having a six pack does definitely does not mean you have good internal health. I mean, it can, it can mean quite the opposite if you were abusing certain substances to make yourself leaner or just not eating proper food calories. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny, like, because people are hypercritical now of uh, women who are, quote unquote, too skinny. Yeah. But there's guys who are like, you know, walking around at whatever percent body fat. Yeah. Now, they may be taking whatever. They may not. But, you know, there's long term costs to that. Yeah. People tend not to be very well if they stay it's insanely lean. All the time. For very prolonged periods, like, you know. Mm. Um. The obvious like, one is with girls losing their menstrual cycle. That's yeah. like the biggest indicator. Yeah. It's very... That is not good. Very common. Uh, mm-hmm. Or like, now I don't know. I'm not really involved in training bikini fitness competitors. I mean, I trained several in my in my time. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be big on doing it, but uh, there seems to be an acceptance uh, of that as normality within that, or there at least there previously did. I, uh, you know, I can't speak because I'm, I'm I know involved what you mean. Like it's in that world. Standard for the yeah, part like, of the course. I, I'm just going to eat 700 calories for the next couple of weeks and sure, look, whatever. Is that how low people will go? <laughs> yeah, I'd say they go lower. Like really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I train, I train girls in particular. Like, and I will be trying not to drop their calories, mm. like because um, there, you know, people um, popularize their business a lot off the back of training, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and it makes great sense headline client kind of yeah yeah exactly and uh a lot of the better people who are people who i would have regarded as better extremely knowledgeable in training i would have seen speak 
um, would have always been very much into the idea that if you have a certain time span, that you may not have enough time to get there if you want to do it the right way. Yeah. And the shorter the time span, the more compromises you're going to have to make to your health or mm. to uh, how you would live ideally or your lifestyle or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. the case might be. But um, I know I trained one girl in particular and I kind of didn't want to drop her calories. But then, you know, at the end, the last couple of weeks, I, I didn't want to drop them. I dropped them, but I didn't want to drop them to the level she wanted to drop them to. Yeah. In the last couple of weeks, like, you know, she's there almost starving herself like and you can't do much about that like you know um but yeah there's there's nuts yeah i think i think it's quite it's quite prevalent uh in female athletes as well like um but it's not necessarily inherent to training or anything like that it's obviously just putting your body in way too stressed an environment because Mm. your body doesn't want to hold no baby if it's a really stressed environment you know but you're not creating the energy required to start that process yeah yeah yeah. or like you know people are anemic and they don't have enough iron and they can't produce the actual substances you know yeah that's so, like the building blocks of bodies yeah yeah it's pretty bananas mm. but it's it's a mad world like there's so much going on out you there. asked me earlier matt about the uh i'm just gonna quickly check the time uh you asked me earlier about what kind of dad i would be what kind of dad you'd be yeah yeah, yeah. How did I just talk over you and you completely we got when we went by it, did we? No, no, I answered. Okay. okay. I'm just I have a different question about it. Mm-hmm. The whole thing of fathership. Mm-hmm. Is fathership a word? Fatherhood. Fatherhood, I think. Um how much of your like daily worries and stuff do you need to do you need to update your parking? Yeah, I was gonna not say it out loud. No, I think I, we should be transparent. I think I should check my parking. <laughs> yeah, I got a message about my parking being needing to be updated. Yeah. So parking, basically in Dublin, we've got this great app called Parking Tag. Yeah. That, uh, Hashtag Parking Tag. Absolutely Follow not a sponsor of the podcast. And um, yeah, you just update it. It's extortionate prices, really. Very expensive like parking town, all right. 260 an hour or something? Yeah, Absurd. I think it be 280 maybe. 280 maybe. Matt's getting different rates I'm getting here. Yeah, yeah. You're getting mates rates there. Um, there Sorry. Mind. No, so, fatherhood. Fatherhood. Mm-hmm. I go to a, a psychologist called Francis. Right. He's a he's an Indian chap. Okay. So uh, I always tell people he's Indian. Uh, well, like for now, no gonna, the 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 PC brigade is going to kill me for this, but uh, it's interesting. He's called Francis and has a uh, Indian heritage. Yeah, that's well, probably noteworthy. Francis Valour. So I presume. Oh, nice. Well, that's an amazing name. It's very cool. You know what Valour is, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The free stuff. Um. Anyway, I asked him one day. I was kind of having like general life anxieties, which I've now come to learn are very common around my age as a, a, a man and women as well, like 28. Mm-hmm. Sort of the age really you should be really getting your shit together mm-hmm. if you haven't already. And I'd be an overthinker at the best times. Anyway, I asked this this very knowledgeable psychologist, do you think any of this crap going on in my head would exist if I had like a kid on the way or I had a kid now to worry about? And am I just... You know, have we just put it off too long? Should we all have kids, basically? Should we have had kids earlier? Like, should have, yeah. like, a five-year-old, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a yeah. ten-year-old. Like, or depending on how far back you want to go, yeah, you yeah, probably yeah. should have a twelve-year-old. Twelve-year-old, yes. Yeah. Like, girls sometimes get their periods. I'm not, I'm not even going there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, you can go the completely there? naturalistic route yeah, and say we yeah, could yeah. have, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean... What do you think about that? Would you be so, like... Worried about stuff if you had a kid to worry about. You'd just be like, I need to get the food and that. No space. way. Yeah, of course not. It, it becomes 
You've come further. You, you go then further you probably, down the, the... You'd have a different answer to my... Laszlo's pyramid of yeah, needs. Exactly. Like, you know, it becomes much more rudimentary, you know? That's something I asked him. He actually said no. Right? Really? I, don't, I don't believe him. Well, maybe if you're I having those concerns and you have a kid, yeah. it's not going to dispel those concerns. His but answer you, was that basically he thinks they would go potentially onto the kid, my concerns and anxieties. Oh, wow. And then I would be like, yeah. don't let the kid on the road. Oh, Jesus, where's the kid? All this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which maybe is right in it. To uh, a sense. I think he's definitely right. All my anxieties, concerns all come from my dad. <laughs> like, yeah. all the negative things my dad yeah, would have yeah. said when I, he doesn't listen to podcasts, so I can say this, but like, you know, yeah. all my cynicism comes from my dad being mm-hmm. cynical. Uh, all that kind of like, you know, you go to a foreign country and you think you're going to get mugged or, you know, <laughs> yeah. you think there's pickpockets everywhere, like, you know, yeah. and uh, it's just all that stuff that you get mm. imbued in you when you're a kid, I think. It's yeah. kind of a sign of the times a bit as well. Travel yeah. and borders and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Cultural cross-pollination happening. Yeah. Mm. I think we all travel a bit more freely now. Yeah. So Definitely. I don't know. I still haven't figured out the answer to that question about the whole kid thing. What is just... Yeah give you a point of focus would i be so concerned about sending a few sales emails if i had a kid to feed probably not mm. well do you feel like now like you'd very much like to have a kid like if i could say in a week's time he's gonna he or she is gonna be here kate's been secretly pregnant yeah despite the fact well the first question would be who made her pregnant yeah 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 but you did but <laughs> okay. she just has been hiding it with a series of pulleys and holograms or something i don't know yeah okay um, i'm yeah. down for that and um, would I like to have one? Like, yeah. Would you be like, great? You see, yeah. I, I'd be like, great. I'd meet that with great positivity. Like if I went home tonight and we had a baby, I'd be like, awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think like I would uh, welcome also the, the shape it would bring to my life. Yeah. That's In a big part of it. Like you'd have this real sense of responsibility and I feel like a lot of the bullshit that I do on a daily basis would very quickly evaporate. Mm-hmm. Like spending 12 euro on coffee. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I can't, Maybe I can afford to do that still with a baby. Maybe I can't. Mm. You know what I mean, though? But being ineffectual as well, I feel like, you yeah, know, yeah. you're like, I sat down for 20 minutes there and I didn't need to do that. Or like, uh-huh. I watched that crappy program. Two hours or watching bullshit. L- watch something on my laptop I didn't, on YouTube I didn't need to watch. Like, yeah. I, have, I have time there that is to spare that could be put into something better that isn't like... Throw, like something that's lasting that isn't throwing a basketball at a hoop yeah. or lifting a weight or I don't know watching people get winded on YouTube yeah <laughs> like, and I kind of often view that as like necessary downtime to refuel me because uh-huh. I'm so important I need to go to work tomorrow yeah. I'd say that disappears though if you're like oh your baby's crying yeah you're like oh I better go deal with that real thing yeah and everything else becomes so ridiculous mm-hmm. but I'd also be interested in what that uh what the baby would bring out in me versus mm. rather how efficient it may be. So I can talk to my dog differently than I can talk to other people. Mm. Like I can use a higher pitch voice. I really struggle to use the higher pitch voice. I've tried really, really, really? to people. Really, 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 I think that's some sort of emotional block. Yeah. That, like I really You're like embarrassed. My yeah. I really <laughs> like my dog though. And my dog's so important that I just whip this voice out and I'm like really lovey to it. Mm. Whereas I can't bring that out anywhere else. So I'm wondering, would this kid bring that out? And then you'd have this thing that you're obsessed with that would make you a better person, a yeah. more whole person. Well, like, I think if you have the uh, emotional openness or the empathy to want to talk to the dog mm. uh, like that, then, of course, you can have it with the kid as well, you know? Yeah. So, of course, it's going to but you know, you see you. parents in a shop and they're yeah. like, the dad makes like a funny voice to the baby. Mm. And you're like, oh, that's cool that he's just cool to make a funny voice in the middle of like Argos. Yeah. 
I kind of want that. Yeah, you don't feel like you'd be like that? No, I would with a baby, but yeah. I, I couldn't do it otherwise. Yeah. With mm. self-conscious. Or maybe I won't. I'd hope I would be like that. Would you describe yourself as extroverted? No. Yeah. I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I wouldn't describe you as introverted, but I, I wouldn't describe you as extroverted. That's something people get wrong about me. Mm. I can kind of come across extroverted sometimes. No. I'm very introverted. If you're in the, if you're in the Venn diagram, you know? Yeah. If you're, if you're in, you're... Have you taken that big five test? Um, no, I haven't. No, but I'm very bad at like taking those tests and things. Yeah. So I'm very happy with letting, letting mysteries be. Really? I, I find that as yeah. I took loads of tests like maybe nine months ago mm. and a very informative period of my life. I, yeah. I loved it. No offense. Yeah. You have even more neurosis than I do. I think that's where we probably no, no, differ no. the most. The test said that. I yeah, <laughs> well then it's true. I don't uh, feel like I have a huge amount of neuroses, like yeah. you know. Yeah. But, so but like I, I don't didn't care necessarily realize that. Yeah. You realize that. But it's a moment of self-realization for you. Yeah, it was kind nice. of like you kind of start to understand the the patterns that you act out, and you're like, oh, they, there's a reason for this. Mm. Not just because I keep getting myself modeled in these same things. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. High in neuroticism. That's important. Yeah. Mm. It's mm. very interesting too. And then I made like everyone I know do it. And I was like, yeah, I knew you'd be like that. I'll do it and report back to you. You can tell me, you can say in the next podcast what I came back. Because, okay. yeah, pure sociopath. I should guess what you are first then. Pure sociopath. No, definitely not. <laughs> I can't even remember all five. There's agreeableness, neuroticism, yeah. yeah, openness, and then we're missing two more. Conscientiousness. Yeah. And, That's a good one. Uh, I can't remember the other one. Mm. They're kind of the most important. God, do you think things. I remember? I read that Jordan, P Jordan Peterson book and all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to guess you on the four that I do know. Um, conscientiousness. Mm. I would say middle to below average. In what like, sense? Like organization stuff. Yeah. Like how organized is your life? <laughs> Whoa. Um, I mean, pretty organized. I'm yeah, like okay. tidy and stuff. Yeah. I can be late. I'm yeah. very laid back. That's a very uh, bad thing on the scale of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm organized when I'm chilled. Yeah. Possibly. See, yeah, tests, and it's a fault. Yeah. A lot of the answers sound like very harsh criticisms. Mm. But like the fact that you're chilled would lead you to be slightly less conscientious. Yeah, don't, conscientious. don't mind me. I'm just gonna spin these all into positives, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. yeah. Sometimes um, I think I'm too hard of a worker. Yeah. I'd say you're very agreeable. Like not argumentative? You're kind of smiley. Generally, like it doesn't mean you can't have an argument, but it's kind of like, for example, my mom's very agreeable, but she can yes. be extremely argumentative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd be, I'd be quite agreeable. Like, I mean, the uh, I actually talk about this with people a bit about when you're working and where yeah. the professional line is because mm. people will say things often because you get to have close personal relationships with people yeah and they talk about you know their politics or what the, they think about a certain topic and mm. um people would probably put me slightly to the right of the center which is not in vogue and there at the minute yeah so a lot of the time like rather than getting into an argument with people i am just like oh yeah, yeah that's cool yeah. yeah i hear what you're saying you know so that's I, agreeable yeah so i'd say i am agreeable yeah yeah I actually can't remember the other ones. I don't like getting in arguments, but if I get in an argument, like I, I, I go fucking full, full hog for it. Like, yeah. but if it's, if it's worth, I won't get in arguments, not worth getting into. See, I can find myself in arguments that I didn't mean to get into. That sucks. And I regret them badly. Yeah. That sucks. That's disagreeable. Yeah. <laughs> My face is disagreeable too. Yeah. I like that you're disagreeable though. You're like, uh, I like, you wouldn't say you're contrarian because that kind of gives 
yeah. less intellectual uh, mm. weight than you deserve. But I like, I like your disagreeability is one of your. It's not. It's not a choice though. Yeah, but it's 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 a it's a good trait about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the other ones, Matt? Openness. I'd say you're probably open. Yeah. Open to new experiences. Yeah. That's uh, also like a marker of intelligence. I don't know how they decided that, but apparently it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to keep you open. I mean, I'd like to think I'm open. So you're open. I'm going to say above average openness, uh, probably right around the middle of conscientiousness. Um, I'd say a little under. You, you don't need to backtrack. Okay. Yeah. No, I honestly would say that you're going to be between 45 and 55. Okay. Um, then conscientiousness, that was when we just did. Neuroticism. Yeah. You said you're low. Yeah. I think you're probably closer to the middle. Yeah. Everyone always is. Like, if you yeah. think you're like, oh, I'm not neurotic at all. Like, you know, just people, let me turn the light switch on and off 26 times. There's people who just go around and there's like, could be hit by a bus. They're like, that's cool. Yeah. They're just unbelievably not. Neuroticism or neurotic is such a trigger word. People it depends how you define it as well. Like, because I know I uh, clash with Faye a little bit over this, like, mm. whereas I'm quite safe with things, whereas I like, yeah. I'll park there for 20 minutes. I'll pay for the 20 minutes parking. Yeah. You know, or like, I won't clean it up later. I'll clean it up now. Yeah. You know, so I am quite. Maybe I might be off on the conscientious thing. Mm. There's two parts of, uh, of neuroticism, which is like, one is withdrawal. One is volatility. Okay. So like, if you're likely to not post on Instagram because you're kind of worried about getting a perfect year withdrawing. Oh uh, yeah. No, I wouldn't be worried about that. You wouldn't. Worried about it being perfect. Yeah. No. But then again, I'm outsourcing to someone else, so I don't even have to engage with that. So yeah. what does that say about I me? I mean, this whole exercise is slightly futile because I'm not a psychologist at all. <laughs> it's fun, though. But it's kind of fun, though. Yeah. I just can't remember. I'm going to Google quickly what the last two are because you might as well go there. Yeah. Um, if people are still listening. Well, we're listening. I know. <laughs> the big five. This is, yeah, I really, this is, feels very Rogan-y. I'm, I'm enjoying it greatly. Good. This is, it's been my, my dream since I've started listening to the Joe Rogan podcast oh, to be- so stupid, man. To be on a podcast. I mean, it's I, actually a lot, of fun, a lot of fun, isn't it? That's a great amount of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the start, it's a little- I wouldn't, say it's, I wouldn't say it's stressful, but you get in the flow. you got to oil the joints, I think. You do. Like, so it helped that I was doing a talk earlier up the road as well. It's a pretty good day for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we already mentioned one of them, which is introversion, extroversion. Ah. Yeah, I'm extroverted, I'd say. But within, I'm, within, see, yeah, we don't know each other like on a, we do know each other on a personal level. We've never hung around too much in social settings. Yeah, actually, you know what? I'm I yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, I can be kind of like mer- I, mercurial that way, I'd say. Like where yeah. I can sit back and say nothing a lot of the time. It's a bunch of people I don't really know or you mm-hmm. know, I'm happy to do that. But then I can be quite, I like, I'd be the loudest one in the room, yeah. say with my like basketball team that's, or my group of friends. Exactly. I'm always the one cracking jokes. Like, you know, that's so, exactly the same reason why you think I'm expert is because I feel comfortable around you. Yeah. And we know each other. Yeah. If I didn't know you. I'd be like basically silent. Yeah. 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 Um, Although so, I've tried to be better at that. Um, yeah, me too. My, my sister lives in LA and <laughs> she, Broadly works in advertising in your kind of uh, yeah. in your kind of arena. The same sort of stuff. Yeah, same sort of stuff. Although she gets to hang out with way cooler people from what I've heard. She does. Yeah, she she was working with. Uh, is, I have to do it now, don't I? Yeah. She was working with Ludacris at one point. Yeah, it was like Acura. It was like a car thing. Yeah. See what I did there? <sighs> no, I set it up. We discussed that one earlier. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, like so, some 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 minor celebrities like she gets to go to. 
what's the thing, the Robert Redford Sundance, and mm-hmm. you know she she does cool stuff. Yeah. But what you do notice when you go over there is that people are way better. And it's an Irish thing as well. It's just being like, I'm good at this. You know, yeah. you're like I'm the type of person who does this. And the first few times I went over to visit her, I was just like, these people are so fucking arrogant. Mm-hmm. And then like you're there for a while, and you're like, actually. Do you know what? There's nothing wrong with saying that no. if it's true and you have a self-awareness, Yeah, you know? So. Yeah. Oh, that's such an Irish thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's such an Irish thing. It's like, terrible. Don't speak yourself up. No, no, not at all. It's like, and then everyone, you know, if you're in your group of friends, everyone's always trying to slag you. Every time anything, you get a success, like people are like, yeah. oh, don't get too big for your boots kind of thing. That's you know? kind of another reason why I try and support those influencers a little bit because like they really have come from this island where no one wants anyone else to do well. Yeah, and I mean, I couldn't do it. Stuck their head out. I mean, I, I clearly couldn't do it. I wouldn't be, I'm not that type of extrovert, you know? Yeah. No. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, we've got uh, openness, which I've given yeah. you a score of uh, high. Oh, nice. Thanks, man. Conscientiousness, I think right in the middle. Yeah. Agreeableness, I think very agreeable mm-hmm. I'm going to say you're going to get at least 70 yeah it's going to be quite high agreeability this is on a scale of 0 to 100 uh-huh. uh, extroversion I just don't know enough but from what we've said I'm going to actually give you like a 55 yeah I think we're more similar than yeah. than I might have thought mm-hmm. at first yeah. yeah I have like situational confidence in that I know you and you know me yeah. but if if we were strangers and uh I have this weird thing that I basically can't start conversations with strangers. Oh, really? Like, I don't feel like people want to talk to me. So if someone comes in, they're like, if they just sat there, I would just sit here and I would wait for them to talk. Really? And I could talk the face off them. Well, that's the California thing I'm talking about. I've gotten better at that because, yeah. you know, and it doesn't cost you the anything to be cheery. Mm. Like, I think I can be quite gruff a lot of the time. Mm. And I don't really realize I'm going around like this big, tall dude, resting bitch face. Yeah. Um, and if you go into a shop and like, you're a little bit warm to people, like yeah. it makes your day a little bit better. You but say it's, that you're, it's, not, it's not my nature. Your personality though, doesn't match your, uh, your appearance. Huh. You're like, you're saying you're gruff and big, tall and stuff, but mm. I, I see you as this very cheery, like huh. happy guy. That's nice. Yeah, well, I feel happy, you know? Yeah. But, um... Not that there's any correlation car- <laughs> between happiness and tallness. Yeah. You know what I mean, though? <laughs> causation. You got what I'm saying here. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I think, uh, the, the, the introverted thing is interesting, though, as well, because, um, like, I have been told, maybe more so in the past, that I can gravitate towards defaulting to the idea that I don't like a person until they prove to me that I should like them. I do it all the time. Yeah, which is, now I say it out loud, a terrible trait. Yeah. But uh, I definitely, I do that a I lot of the time. I basically never met anyone that I didn't dislike first. Yeah. Ever. Right? Yeah. It's, and I, I know. I know it's wrong, but like, literally, it's not it. a choice. Yeah. I'm like, I don't like this person. Yeah. And then like a week later, I'm like, that's a great person. Yeah. I think it's like sort of a, like a circle of trust thing. Mm. Whereas like I have, I have a few friends that are very good friends I don't have. Whereas Billy would have, like, my sister mm. has, like, literally hundreds of friends. Shouts Billy. Like, trained, trained a bunch of her friends. Thanks. What's going on there? Yeah, you did. Yeah, so that's how, that's actually, how she we got connected to you guys. You, yeah. yeah. But I have, like, a couple of good friends. And I literally would be happy with, like, two friends and a girlfriend mm. versus, like, Billy who has a boyfriend and, like, 7,000 friends who she's, like, constantly in contact that's obviously a boy girl thing, but mm. I know lots of guys with lots of friends too. 
Mm. So I think maybe we have this tighter thing where you, you can't just get in with us. Oh, no, you can't at all. Yeah. I'm yeah, not saying yeah. one's better than the other or anything. No, no, no. We're obviously better. We're yeah, better. <laughs> but uh, do you think that's not happened as you got a little bit older as well? Like, have you, you pared down your social circle more so? Oh, man. Just out of time and, you know, you don't hang out in groups as much anymore. So you hang out with individual yeah, people. And the first kind of uh, hurdle everyone falls at is work. Mm. It's all easy to grab lunch with your friends when you're all in college and, like, you don't go to college. Mm. when everyone has jobs and stuff suddenly it's the weekend mm. and suddenly it's like you only see them sort of on drinking occasions yeah then i gave up drinking which was the second hurdle and yeah. like i don't yeah i just don't see my friends like in any measurable way compared to what i used to yeah because it's like going drinking it's like no i i actually don't drink guys mm. and it's like oh cool we're going drinking it's like cool. yeah. i'll call down for like an hour and then i'll leave or yeah, whatever that's it like know? it's boring because like Two drinks in, like, it's not the same language you're talking. No. That's not to put people down drinking. No. It's like, it's just not the connection. No, the, cap- the, the captain of my team is like a teetotaler. He's never drank. Now, yeah. in fairness to the guy, he's really fun. And he always, he always will come out with us. Mm. There's always that cutoff point where you can see he like, and he'll turn to whoever is the most sober in the given night and be like, I'm going to go. Like and just say nothing and leave because yeah. it's just there's there's nothing to be gained anymore because mm. people are Honestly, as soon as people have told you the same thing twice yeah go home you know go I'm drive yourself home line. yeah yeah that's one thing that uh, Kate doesn't really drink either and um, mm-hmm. and we really struggle with going to dinner with family and stuff because yeah. you'd be surprised how much energy drink gives you yeah it does, and that makes definitely. you kind of dozy and stuff but like if you're not drinking and you're at a table and you've been been at the table since seven you've had a full like starter main course dessert and then people are like just drinking wine mm. they're like buzzing off each other there's all sorts of shit going around the table like they're talking about trump it's hilarious yeah i'm genuinely trying to keep my eyes open at like 11 30 because mm. you're not drinking no and you just end up downing loads of water and you're like yeah. i'm so bored well i mean you're probably more uh perhaps in touch with your emotions or like you've the inhibitions are down, so you're more empowered, and then it's more of a. There's probably mm. a neurological reason, many neurological reasons why you know for that period yeah. of time you're, yeah. you know, you're good to go. And if I did drink, I'd be the guy in the middle of the table, like, yeah, pulling the chandelier down. Yeah, I can Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't drink uh, very regularly. Mm. I would say I drink maybe. I'd say if you average it out, it's probably once every five weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do enjoy what is probably defined as binge drinking when I drink, you yeah. know? It's, it's, that's the problem. It's great fun. And the trouble is, you'll know, if you're like, it's like, oh, Jake Brown doesn't drink. And you're like, fucking Jake Brown's coming out this weekend. Oh, oh. my God, let's get fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, because I drank with my housemates there, a couple of them younger than me, and I'd never really drank with them all that much, the, mm-hmm. the two younger fellows who'd moved in. And they texted the other guy who was on his way home from his tennis match. It was a Friday night. We were just having a few drinks in the house. And they were like, get some cans on the way home. Matt Kelly's drinking. Oh, yeah. You know? And it's when it's like that then as well. It, the, do, you, do you feel you almost become a character that they want you to play? Uh, That's no. very high level. But. I don't really change when I'm drunk. I'm like okay. pretty happy. I don't yeah. really get angry. Like yeah. if I got really, really trashed, I might get more emotional. Like, you know, yeah. like yeah. more Have a bit of heartfelt. And, yeah, yeah. But That's I don't. Great. I don't uh, really get, I don't change all that much, which is nice. It's reassuring. That's very handy. For the old mental stability. It wasn't always the case, I can tell you. That you didn't change. 
No, I just used to change. I used to just be wild, like, you yeah, know, okay. I, like it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't starting fights and stuff like, mm. and all, but I could go any way emotionally, like, okay. you know, yeah. yeah. You know, young, young lads like bawling, crying when they drink and stuff. And yeah. All. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was definitely one of those guys, like, yeah. What's the crack with like when you're really hammered and you can just run for like six miles? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I've, like I used to just like be in Blackrock and they'd be like, oh, there's no taxi. So I'm like, I'm just going to run home. And like I've yeah. never run before. And yeah. you just run all the way home. The only issue is if you drank a lot, you're going to feel nauseous. Yeah. I find. But I, I do it all the time, <laughs> admittedly. Like if I leave town and I'm, you know... If I'm in somewhere in the in the middle of town, like let's just say in the Harcourt Street, Camden Street area, uh, and I'll be like the usual. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna run to like beyond Leeson Street Bridge before I go home, and like I'll tell people that I've walked, but most of the time I've ran. Yeah, and I kind of like the feeling of your body when you're running when you're drunk. It yeah, feels you weird. Feel so fast. You feel light. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't so know. You don't fast. really get tired, or maybe you're just not experiencing tiredness the same way. I don't know. Yeah, but I was gonna ask you: Is it some sort of like? physiological thing where you just have Say more probably, adrenaline or something probably numbed a little bit maybe numbed, that's probably it i mean that's not greatly scientific and that's i i, I don't have any peer-reviewed studies to back that up mm. but uh we could do one on drunk running if you want we could yeah. do the next podcast on drunk running yeah i'll let you do the drinking <laughs> that's hilarious yeah yeah so i don't know interesting stuff yeah so you have to take the test yeah and if you don't take the tests it means that I gave you too high a conscientiousness score. No, I'll take the test. I'll go and take the test. Very low. You know, I just value being on the podcast so much, like, because it's, you know, I've always like, why well, has no one asked me to be on a podcast? Mm. I want to be on a podcast. If anyone out there is listening that has an actual podcast <laughs> that wasn't taught up two weeks ago, you can invite Matt on. He's yeah. a great guest, as you, you heard Thank so you. far. But, uh, yeah, so I'll definitely, so I don't, don't want to let you down. Any further no. inclusion in the podcast will be... Yeah, okay. You know, I will, I will uh, very I'll discuss your results the next podcast. Yeah. If you get them to me in time. I will. I think it's supposed to be recorded on Sunday. Oh, is it? Yeah. Are you are you doing like any teasers for who the next person is ever? Yeah, well, he's just my friend from school. He actually looks kind of like you. Oh, really? He's not quite as tall. He's like kind of a shrunk version of you, but he is tall. He's like six foot probably. Yeah. Six one. Nice. And he has good a beard. Him. And yeah, so yeah. yeah, good for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Handsome fellas. Thanks. And um, and you two are very attractive. Thanks, I guess Matt. is what I want no to say. Get, no reason to get gay about it. Um, you can't say that anymore. Well, I can't. You know, I want to see Joe Rogan. This is the last thing I'll bore people with. Uh, I want to see Joe Rogan in San Diego on four twenty. Yeah. My sister is four twenty gay. It's pretty cool. Um, but he did like a huge piece about like what am I supposed to call things that are gay? Yeah, you know, he, he like had this massive long laundry list of things that are just gay and mm -hmm. not homosexual mm -hmm. and he's like but but if you take away my word what what am i supposed to call the stuff that's gay yeah like i you don't know? mean like, but you like you triggered me there immediately i was like oh no oh god he's not talking about this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this pc brigade are gonna yeah whatever i didn't mean homosexual i know you did i'm a big fan of homosexuals but you got to clarify that you see now but i just is, did is the problem yeah gay is, means something different you don't want to get cancelled on your fifth episode no that's the beauty of the internet though no one can cancel me Unless you're on a platform where they can cancel you. Yeah. Unless you're on Twitter. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I think you have to try pretty hard to get cancelled. Like, on Alex Apple Jones survived yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he can last, I'll last. Yeah. Um, no, I, I have no problem with homosexuals. Um, me neither. Yeah. Just speak close Actually, to me, me neither. In school, like, people used to think I was gay. Really? For, like, literally for years. I suppose you're sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it turns out I'm not, which is fine. Like, I don't Why mind. do you think they thought you were gay? 
Uh, well, there was these rumors about me and this guy when we were in, on um, a holiday in France. And um, basically the rumor was that I offered him money for him to, I don't know who was giving the blowjob. One of us was supposed to give the other one a blowjob. Oh, really? For 50 euro. And uh, basically the rest of my school career, I went to Michael's. So it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, it was, it's not it's, easy it's snowballed. Now. Excuse the pun. Yeah, so basically just people were like, thought I was gay. And yeah. It, you know, one of those jokes got so far that it becomes reality. Hmm. Subsequently, I'm not gay or homosexual. Yeah. But like, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I think it's funny. Um, a few gay cousins as well. They're cool. Do you? Very good looking people. Yeah. I um, Maybe it's the circles I, I mixed in or whatever. Not to say that they're like deeply misogynistic or mm. anyone on my team would care if anyone was gay. But like... Uh, there I, is a bit of a thing in sports though, isn't there? I mean, there certainly is. At uh, I mean, look, you grow up in a... like playing in a more semi-professional level or like uh, with professionals and mm. guys aren't getting paid there's more of a family environment so obviously it's not indicative of what a professional sport would be like it's yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. going to be incredibly difficult to come out mm. um well seemingly especially as a gay man i think it's yeah. it's a lot more prevalent in female sports the uh captain of the usa women's football team is a lesbian i think Yes, she goes out with Sue Bird, I believe. People can correct me if I'm wrong. She's a WNBA player. Oh, cool. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool mm. power couple. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of, lot of, lot of controversy over the old celebration there. The, the, the one from the America. What's Ale, her name? Alex or? Morgan. The other one. The other one's called, uh, I think her name is Megan, I don't yeah. know, how, Rapinoe or yeah, Rapinoe? Yeah, Rapinoe, 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 yeah. yeah. And it appears Morgan's been having a good crack at her on Twitter. Um, why because she was spreading anti-Trump sentiment or whatever yeah and just her general over celebration you know how the British are about football and how if anyone else wins they're not allowed to celebrate but I definitely had reservations about them celebrating excessively in that Thailand game I thought it was really classless yeah. and I of course I have to predicate this on the fact it's nothing to do with their gender I would hate that if it was men as well yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I, I I've been talking about one of my good friends about this all the time Americans don't quite get soccer culture yet mm. they don't quite get was it was it 15 nil though it's 13 nil and someone and told me that they played this is getting into a whole other kind of worms but they <laughs> That, that USA women's team that won the World Cup played a college level male team. Yeah. The best college team in America. And they lost, like, I think maybe that was the 15 now. They lost very badly. Yeah. What has that got to do with anything? I saw I throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Danger. Oh, sorry. That was, I was listening to something about like equal pay and stuff, which is yeah. kind of what your one is espousing yeah. a lot about. Oh, I definitely think, uh, so there's a big problem in the WNBA at the minute, obviously mm -hmm. with my uh, basketball background, I'd follow this stuff a lot, yeah. uh, with um, pay and like how, like the WNBA players are paid so poorly, it's insane. Yeah. But in terms of the market share of the, the revenue that the league creates versus the NBA, like it's the collective bargaining agreement between the owners and the players, it's like, it's really advantageous to the players in the men's and really disadvantageous mm -hmm. to players in the women's. And there's a whole controversy over the fact yeah. the WMA doesn't make money. So you can't really ask them to pay more. But I mean, in an international setup, yeah. like to pay people less is nuts. Like it's crazy because it's like, it's more of an honor to play for your country. Yeah. It's not necessarily as much of a hard business. Like, well, I don't I mean, know how anyone could argue against them getting paid the same way for representing not, their country. Like, as a, I'm sure they're, maybe at least separate departments in a, in a business, if not mm. separate businesses, they definitely generate less money than the male team. Just purely on, like, call it stadium attendance, TV, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they do at the, for their team certainly anymore. And I'm yeah. don't, don't worry, I, like I'm I'm all the way behind that. Like, mm-hmm. I, if people say to me, you're like, oh, WNBA players are getting paid thirty thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah. Do you know why I'm not getting paid to play basketball? Because no one wants to see me fucking play basketball. Because yeah, I'm not as yeah, good yeah. as the NBA players. It's mm-hmm. nothing to do with my gender. It's everything to do with the fact that That's I'm not what as good as them. Social media though is yeah. that this woman's team who just won the World Cup, who aren't getting paid apparently mm-hmm. enough, they're going to get paid. Nike's going to pick them all up. They're going to make them really cool ad. They probably already have, and they're all going to get paid loads of money. Yeah, everything gets napalmed out of it, though, with that kind of mm. stuff, though, because then it becomes about everything. You know, it's like, yeah. why aren't they getting money for this? Why aren't they getting money for that? And the selectivity is yeah. is ignored a little bit, I guess. I, I was going to say about the tea celebration thing. Did you see that? Mm. You're an Alex Morgan mm-hmm. who's like super pretty and they know oh, the face or whatever yeah and everyone knows her and loves her but uh, that did you see there was like massive controversy over the fact she like celebrated by drinking a cup of tea when I she scored her, a goal i saw her drink the tea i didn't uh, see the controversy so it was supposed to be kind of like a i take it to be a mocking the british thing okay you know because they were playing against england and they beat them 2-1 in the semi-final i think that's hilarious uh I don't I certainly don't think it's offensive really. I think it's shit to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a good celebration. No. But I was people were like people were like it is the best celebration ever. Oh mm. my god and overcompensating because of who it was celebrating okay. and also overcompensating because uh, there were people who were like that is so deeply offensive. Yeah. Because there was people saying stuff like which I kind of have to admit I laughed at. Um well if the English score goal they should celebrate by mocking a school shooting. You know, oh, okay. which is so offensive. Quite different, though. So offensive, yeah. like, but you know, saying that drinking tea is inherently British is, yeah. you know, short-sighted and not short-sighted, but um, reductionist. Let's yeah, say, yeah. you know, and then similarly saying that, like, just oh, Americans do school shootings. You know, yeah. I don't think anyone. How many people, people die? I don't think many people die drinking tea. No, maybe and like pretend no. to eat a hamburger or something. How are people offended by that? It's very American, though, isn't it, to go at your opponents? Yeah, it in, is. In very like so. soccer, that's just football. That's just not done, really. Mm. You can imagine, like in, in basketball, league, it's much more of a cultural thing. Yeah, definitely. they really go for each other and yeah. spend like that WWE stuff. People are talking shit to you the whole time, like yeah. you know, if you're playing sometimes in basketball, kind of McGregor buzz. Yeah, yeah, that's just not done in kind of these parts. It's not done in. I guess it's not done in soccer as well because like. You say in American football, baseball, basketball, there's a lot of one-on-one matchups all the time. That's true. And the game of psychology is played a lot more. Mm. Um, whereas in soccer, it's like a bigger pitch. You know, it's yeah. You know, there's less Freeform. dependency on individual people's mental mm-hmm. frame of mind or whatever you want to call it. You know, I suppose the closest thing to it is probably a penalty shootout where mm. sometimes the goalies do make funny yeah. shapes and scream. Too cruel. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Acting the maggot. So, yeah, that maybe is a lot to do with it. Mm. But I think it's funny. Yeah. Generates a bit of a buzz. Her drinking that tea will certainly get, lend itself to them getting paid more. Yeah, good for her. She get paid more. Exactly. And good for them. I, I'm a big advocate of, like, I don't think young women are encouraged by sport enough mm-hmm. at all. Um, people probably think I'm, you know, from some of the stuff I'm saying that I'm a terrible misogynist, but yeah. I hate the idea that women don't get encouraged to go into sports and stuff like that. Like, mm. I've trained so many girls who or women, whoever you want to call them, young women who um, have been so exceptionally strong and gifted athletically. Yeah. You know, even in terms of like, whoa, you can just, you can just deadlift like 100 kilos easy mm-hmm. and you're not that big a person and you've yeah. never done this before. I'm like, why wasn't someone encouraging you to get involved in athletics? Why wasn't someone encouraging you to involve in weightlifting? Why didn't you play sport past the age of 14 or 15? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's, uh, 
it's and great like, that way like they are people like me with like labrum tires that it labral yeah 100 kilos in the bar Mm. well it is your labrum but yeah yeah 100 kilos in the bar yeah, yeah. it depends on the day for me as well you know some yeah. days it's... i could do it but like i would probably be injured after. prefer not to yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah which is really annoying actually mm. we have to discuss that in private man. yeah i know well we can discuss it in the weekend when you come back in yeah saturday mm. we haven't been with matt he, for a couple of weeks yeah he can be back at it again but yeah, yeah so uh we've been having a great time as i said earlier training with matt Thank you. It's been really enjoyable training you guys. I'm very lucky in that I get to train a lot of people who I really like. What do you make of the um, the couple dynamics? You have many couples that train together. I've had it. Uh, I don't have currently, but I've had mm. a lot in the past, and a lot of them have like family members. So yeah. like you know, have sisters and stuff, and mm. um, it's interesting. Like because you know, a lot of the time people like I just know as well. Mm. I like. I like to think of myself as high empathetic, you know, as in I can read in between the lines of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I'll always know if people are having an argument or there's some problem. Yeah. And I mean, you guys don't uh, bring your dirty laundry to the gym. Have you ever got that sense? I was going to ask, have you ever felt that me and Kate were having an argument? Uh, yeah, maybe once or twice. I've definitely, and it's, it's, it's not, you'd be quite even keel. So it's, mm. it's, sorry, Kate. It's, I, I can get it off Kate like because yeah. I, I guess Kate's got a bit more of a temper than between the two <laughs> yeah. that's like me he's turning off those emotions again yeah yeah that's why yeah. I need to get a baby in here yeah maybe yeah but we actually uh, argue very very little yeah you strike me as the type of couple who argue very little yeah it's almost yeah. shocking to me as yeah. a member of that couple that's great it is yeah hope so yeah I mean arguing is healthy though as well that's what I was thinking yeah yeah we really don't argue some, no we do sometimes but like I think very little Problem is if you're arguing over the same things again and again, yeah. that would stress me to my core. I'm like, oh yeah. no, there's something fundamentally wrong here and one of us can't solve it or, you yeah, know, yeah. that's a problem. good at taking on each other's points and like learning mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you your, know, your say, differences complement each other as well as I would see it. Like yeah. I uh, definitely would see the ways that me and Faye would clash more um, are as a result of similarities, mm. you know, like whatever, stubbornness, um, probably quite uh, prickly in an argument, things like that, you know, yeah, where they, yeah. they match up and mm. then it's like, oh no, bang, bang, bang. Whereas if one is a little bit more of a rascal, a little bit more a rascal, you know what I mean? A little bit more mean and the other one's like, uh, the other yeah. is a little bit more meek, it probably makes Who's a meaner one than me and Kate then? Oh, you're way meaner. Am okay. I? Oh yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. It's not, it's not even close. You don't, you don't know the real Kate. Kate actually has a I'd say Kate could cut through you. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm kind of. Uh, you say you're I'm scared of Kate. Though, I wouldn't say I'm scared of Kate, but there's been one or time, two times, like where I've been, like the one time where I was late, and one time I had to cancel last yeah. minute. Yeah. And I was definitely thinking about Kate being mad. I wasn't thinking about you at all, to be honest, man. Sorry. <laughs> I know you'd be like, yeah. No, I'm very. And that's the point. I'm very easygoing in that sense. Mm. Like about time and stuff. I'm like, don't care. Yeah. But, uh, not to think that Kate is like really uptight about it, but no, you know, it yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, so couples who train together stay together. I don't know. That's the word on the street. I've never trained with Faye in my life. Well, maybe I have once or twice. You definitely didn't get on though. I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Well, no, that's different because I used to train with Kate in the gym mm. where I was say taking the role. I wasn't training Kate per se. Oh yeah. I would be leading the session. Yeah. We see, here's the thing. That does not work. She used to work as a personal trainer for years. Yeah. So who's taking the lead oh, sorry, there? So did. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So there's great no, potential I was even, for combat there. I was even going to say though, it didn't work between me and Kate. 
It was oh, just really? the dynamic of like mm. that. Whereas when we go to you mm. and we're both say students of the mat, mm. uh, it works. Yeah. But why wouldn't it work? I don't yeah. know. I like it. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, well, I mean, your ego doesn't get dented as much if it's not your partner telling you what to do and telling you, no, that's shit, do it, and do it exactly. correctly. Not and that I'm I ever say, no, that's teacher. shit. But, huh? You're a bad teacher, oh, are you? If someone does something wrong, like, I don't mean to be mean, but mm. I'll just say that's wrong. You do guffaw often when people do things wrong, I've noticed. What's well, guffaw? Like, like a big laugh or yeah, like a, just, a scoff, I suppose, might be <laughs> <a> <laughs> Like some, Sometimes, like, it would... You know, poor Kate never had done a medicine ball slam before in her life. Like, and yeah. I was teaching it to her and you're, you just can't help yourself. You're like, no, I mean, I know it's not great, but you're like, that is shit, Kate. And laugh, <laughs> like, you just, you don't filter it. Like, you know, I kind of feel like that's sort of part of my, I don't want to call myself charming, but like it's part of my charm. Yeah. Everyone has charm. So you can call yourself charming. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Everyone yeah. has their own charm, but part of mm. mine is kind of like just straight shooting. Yeah. No. It's almost funny. If you can be really straight, it's almost funny. Yeah. Like, that's shit. You just need to be good at being selective. You just have to help people laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like straight shooting. Definitely. It's way easier to deal with than... So I can go home and tell Kate that I'm the meaner one. I yeah. think she's going to like that. I think she probably won't be the meaner one. I know she would want to be the meaner one, but she isn't, she isn't meaner. I'd say like moment to moment you're meaner and you're more willing to slag her. But I'd say like if you wronged her, like she could really hurt my feelings. Yes. Yeah. Is she's she, the capabilities. So she's probably a more round person and that she's willing to sort of withhold her meanness a bit more and give yeah, her what I need it. It's probably a little bit more mature. I, I see myself as the guy from X-Men Cyclops with that. I just haven't got that. Uh, you know, the guy with the, I, uh, the you, don't, you don't need to tell me about comic books. I just haven't got I am the, a massive loser. What would you call that thing then? On his visor. Visor. Yeah. So I feel like I just haven't got, I haven't figured out where my visor is yet. And I'm yeah. just spraying, You're trying like, to adjust your spraying it everywhere. Little yellow bit at the edge. Exactly. Yeah. I need to learn how to just laser it in. That's Kate's a good one. has got the visor. That's a good one. I know we're heading into our third hour. What, what superhero are you? What superhero am I? Are you Cyclops? Um, well, like back to the big five again. There's, um, there's, this is one of the most parts I should have sold you on this. The best part about doing the test is you can then go online and a line yourself up with fictional characters and oh, B, listen, and listen B, Jay, I'm glad you had me, but historical I go. celebrity <laughs> celebrities and stuff like that. Oh, that's so, amazing. Um, you know, I love comic books. I'm, I'm like obsessed with superheroes. My result is INTP, introverted, neurotic, uh, thinking and shit. That's a different test. But is there not one with 12 things as well? Let me just quickly clarify this. Okay. The big five. INTP. Sorry, the INTP is the Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I that's the one you should also do for the celebrities. How are we doing on the parking? Oh, I don't know. I gotta look again. That's <laughs> no, the Myers-Briggs yeah. is the one for the celebrities, though, you say. Sorry, yeah. So I, I am an INTP, which means I'm uh, introverted, neurotic, thinking and I can't remember what the fuck P is P is yeah you just said it there I was like I don't know if there's a P I'm familiar with it is I don't know what dead air sounds like in a podcast I'm sure it's very boring so I'm just going to keep rambling until we find out what the P means <laughs> INTP MBTI meaning at in short, though, the INTP, this one of the coolest characters is, in fact, Batman. Yeah. So I like to imagine myself in this studio with all my equipment as, in fact, Batman. Batman's fucked up, cool. though, man. He is. Like, he's really damaged ah. badly. 
I, I can, if I want to, I can draw a few parallels. P is perception. Mm -hmm. So I can't remember what exactly the options are, but you should do the, the uh, MBTI. That's not, that's not the Myers-Briggs. It is. Okay. Myers-Briggs, something, something. Okay, okay. And then do the big five as well, so we can just have the... Um, the results for both. I'll guess the, your INTP uh, or your MBTI one, a lot of letters coming out here. Mm. I think you're going to be probably an I for introversion. Um, I can't remember them all. I think you'll be an F, a P. You'll definitely be a P because mm. that's kind of the conscientiousness loosely based on the conscientiousness. Okay. Perceptive. Uh, is that what P is for? Perceptive, yeah. yeah but yeah. it also governs how you kind of behave in terms of like, like, for example, if someone tells me you have to be here at 3 p.m. on Thursday, mm. my whole body revolts against that idea. Mm. I have no problem turning up at 3 p.m., but I immediately start thinking of why I can't be there because I hate being like governed by any structure. Yeah, I get a little bit of that too. Which is kind of why I ended up working for myself. Yeah, yeah, I get a little bit of that too. I actually can't guess your uh, INTB thingy MBTI because I can't remember them all. <laughs> I can't remember the letters. It's difficult. Basically, I'm Batman and the other real character is Einstein. So... I've obviously I'm just hand picked the two coolest ones. There's loads of like not as cool ones. It's a good combo. I don't think I'd like to be Batman. I mean, I'd fucking love to be mm. Batman. Don't get me yeah. wrong and play with the gadgets and everything in the Batmobile. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I, think, like, I think he's really unhappy. He is, yeah. Yeah. I can be he's unhappy lonely. though sometimes. I yeah. find happiness in the pursuit of not of unhappiness. No, that makes sense. That makes no sense. I find <laughs> happiness in the pursuit of solving unhappiness for myself. Does that make sense? I yes. start off in a place of unhappiness. I decide to change that. And through the act of trying to change that, I become happy. For you. That's that very positive. really weird. No, it's, it's very positive. You can turn it into like um, a kind of low depth flow chart and put it on Instagram if you wanted to. No. The, you know? No. You're all right? Basically, I start off disgruntled with everything. Yeah. And then try and fix it. Kind of ties into the thing of you to start enough not liking people when you meet them first, exactly. even though you don't know them. Maybe you're yeah. going to try to be Batman as well. Maybe. What are, the, what are the other choices? Of like letters? No, of characters, of superheroes you can be. I'll quickly Google INTPs. Famous <laughs> people, uh, Albert Einstein, Abraham Lincoln, Socrates. Oh, Mer awesome. Meryl Streep. Awesome. Charles Darwin. Meryl Streep is one of my favorite actresses. Rene Des Descartes. Like oh, Descartes. Yeah. Mathematician. Um, let's get some celebrities up here Tina Fey I don't like Tina Fey uh, there's Einstein again Lincoln Sidney Weaver Sigourney Weaver Sigourney Weaver big Ashley, fan Ashley Elson Ashley Elson yeah Larry Page who's Ashley Elson the Elson twins oh just one of them not yeah. Mary Kate is Mary Kate really different don't know <laughs> Larry Page the Google guy Eisenhower Charles Darwin Basically, a fucking lot of dorks. Uh, Mary <laughs> Curie. Um, There's a lot of dorks. Sergey Brin, who is the other Google guy. Well, they're top-rate dorks, don't get me wrong, but there's no, like, Iron Man or, you know... No, but, like, Iron Man would probably would fall... He'd probably be an E. He's quite ex extroverted. He'd be close to the old Batman. Yeah. I'm so. pretty sure Steve Jobs is, like, an ENTP or an mm -hmm. ENFP. See, it's, like, the, the, yeah. the, the line's a lot thinner on these ones. Okay. Um, who was that guy? Iron Man. Let's look up Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure the, the the comic book nerds, if there are any of them out there, and there's anyone still listening, will. Uh, oh, there's. I've been on the forums. There's forums, and there's like, there's obviously different versions of Batman, 
and there's yeah. subsequently different results. Yeah, you like, see, the Iron Man, the the uh, the MCU invocation of Iron Man is uh, mm-hmm. much different to what you would encounter like in in the comic books. Iron Man isn't really necessarily very that. much so Robert Downey Jr. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not that beloved a character. Like, you know, that's what so, they've done with a lot of those movies. Google tells me he is in fact uh, Iron Man is an ENTP. Oh, nice. He's basically me if I was a slightly more echo. Mm. Um. Do you have any cool tech in the back? No. I don't know. Can I, I be did, War Machine? I did study electronic engineering. I'd be, I'd be cool War Machine. You would be. I don't know. Like, I'd you're be. big enough for me to, if I could hollow you if out. If you were Iron Man, I'd be War Machine. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. oh, sorry, I was thinking, that, well, I thought War Machine was War no, Machine. No, you're still. Iron Man, because you're the genius with the tech. Okay, I don't know if I am genius, but what if I hollowed you out and filled you up with wires? You're actually big enough for me to climb into and use as a suit. <laughs> would you be comfortable wearing that suit well I'd go to jail for hollowing you out yeah 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 I'm sure you'd overpower <laughs> me, me in the uh, in the act I'm sure you could stop me uh, you Jones, don't have the technical know-how or the steady hand to carry that operation I don't though, I yeah. completely admit that <laughs> Steve Jobs is an ENTJ I don't know Matt we could go on all day we could these. we could Elon Musk is an INTJ is he so basically, I need you to do the MBTI test and the Big Five. This could actually be a common theme amongst guests. Oh, my God. I yeah. did a thing. I contributed a thing. You made this thing. Mm. I'm going to give you I, N. N is in intuition. Mm. Sort of like you see patterns rather than the other thing that you see that I can't remember. But I want to still sense more. And then there's a <laughs> T, T is for thinking. I yeah. definitely overthink. And then the opposite to T is F for feeling. Okay. Then there's P is perception and there's J is judging, but they don't actually mean what they say. It's not about perceiving and judging. It's more about like how you operate. How you judge situations. You're definitely because you're loose kind of Mm. in the sense that you're cool. I'm going to be, I can be 20 minutes late and deal with it. That's Mm. P. Whereas J would be here 20 minutes early and be like, or else be like, I cannot do today. Yeah. 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 I I can't make it. I'm going to be 10 minutes late. More uptight. Mm. There's levels to this shit. There is. And I feel like I'm kind of just screaming at you now. <laughs> it was interesting. I learned something. I kind of came here with the idea. I wanted you, I wanted to ask you some stuff and talk because yeah. I'll just talk endlessly if you, if you yeah, let me. Now I so, up, how did you do that? I ended up talking too much. I don't know. It's my way. We have done um, two so, hours, 15 minutes and 53 seconds, which is a new record. Oh, wow. No, I, one's, no one's ever listened to all that, are they? Maybe Batman will. Really? Yeah. I kind of when I did say oh, I'm going to record a few podcasts with you, but I did want to do long form ones because I find that, as you said, the start is quite not awkward, but like guarded. Yeah. And that start is like 30 minutes, I think. Yeah, and you get a flow going, all right. So if you do a 45 minute podcast, you get yeah. 15 minutes of flow. Yeah. And yeah. then five minutes of wrapping it up. Yeah, it does feel like that a little bit, all right. It is a bit like my name is Matt. My favorite color is blue. I'm a personal trainer in Glenagiri. You literally you know? opened it with that yeah except I know. For the color yeah but i actually didn't <laughs> should fuck shouldn't have cut the f- color think that, you're gonna do a round table at some point what does know. that even mean see i don't know more than one person i think because i'm so disagreeable to use the terms we've been using i think a, a round table podcast would go really badly for me mm. not that i'm trying to control the narrative <laughs> or control my appearance i don't in the same sense don't want to post a two-hour thing of me arguing with people Make me pretty not good at arguing, but I can get into it. I don't think anyone needs to hear that. Mm. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't like to put myself forward in that light either. It'd be cool though if you had like three pretty informed guests or. 
Oh, I could be the moderator, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd have to be the moderator. I think you'd be very good at that. So. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Mm. You're an informed guest, though. I know. Somewhat, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I know, I know a bit about a bunch of shit. It's very useful, though. Yeah. Makes you sound smart sometimes, too. Mm. If you can cover it up with enough bullshit. As long as you remember what purveyor means. Yeah. I, I'm not a weed dealer. I have smoked marijuana and I did inhale. But I don't. I don't sell drugs. I did inhale. Yeah. Don't don't lose my one of my multiple jobs. <laughs> you won't. The internet will save you. First time for everything. Yeah. After me turning my back on it. Yeah. Mm. Mm, you haven't turned your back on it. You're just very wary of it. I think that's the right place to be. Yeah. Nice. Hold it at arm's length. Yeah. It's a nice place to bookend it, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Matt Kelly, episode five. Two hours. 21 minutes. Wow. That's very impressive. Thank you for having me. And thanks, thanks for anyone who can bear to listen to me for that long. It was yeah. Really I think we really went off on one, but like in a good way. Yeah. Um, you can edit it. No. Do you want me to? No. There was nothing you said that was outrageous. I didn't think so. Um, yeah, no, I'm not going to edit it. I might like mess around with the, the, like, the audio and stuff so Levels. it sounds a little bit better. Yeah, make me sound less tinny than I think I sound. I think I have a nice yeah. baritone. I'm still looking for some sort of like effect to make me not sound like a robot. <laughs> there's like a robot effect, but there's, there's no you un... Sound like, you don't sound like that. There's no un-robot effect. You don't sound like that. Like, it's funny it's, when you listen to the pod, it's really weird, like, it's... In me? Yeah, it you changes so? your voice so much, yeah. I was, I was like... But in person, would you not say I sound like a robot? Sometimes. I can take it, it's okay. Um, Monotone. You have uh, you've a habit of... <laughs> Mumbling. You have a habit of maybe having a kind of nasal mumble yeah, sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel very critical hey, saying that. No, don't, I ask Literally crying, laughing, but... Yeah, you kind of have a, a nasally thing so sometimes. So I had a... I know we said we'd stop, but I, this is, we're just on a roll here. I had a realization the day I did the first podcast. Yeah. I recorded a voiceover for a video mm-hmm. and I started to move my lips a lot and my whole voice changed. Oh, your oral posture. That's like different. I was really trying to talk with my lips and it's to- like different sounds are coming out. I thought you'd just be clearer, oh. but actually you your want- voice is different. You want to something cool that people could watch? Uh, yeah, there's a, a dialect and voice coach called Eric Singer. Okay, and they're on Wired.com and they're on YouTube. But he breaks down like accent technique and accents. Mm-hmm. And there's about maybe two hours total, but there's these little thirty minute episodes. Mm-hmm. They're really fascinating, and they talk about all that stuff about kind of oral posture. Wow, where you hold your tongue in your mouth. Yeah, it's kind of crosses over into linguistics as well a little bit. Very you know what shape your mouth is, how to achieve certain noises, like yeah. why, like certain. Internal vowel sounds sound longer in certain dialects. And very, very fascinating. One of the more interesting things I've watched. I'm in. definitely going to watch that. Mm. That's one of my main reasons for continuing the podcast is like to get better at talking. Because mm. I watch people's faces when I talk and I'm like, I can tell by how their faces react, how if I'm in robot zone or not. Like people's mm. faces will go blank when I'm roboting. Yeah, you don't open your mouth a lot when you talk. No, I don't try. That's what that's what I meant by moving my mm. lips. I just yeah. do it with like my jaw closed. Yeah, I begin to notice that now. I, I guess yeah. I always noticed it. Always noticed it, but now you're pointing mm. it out to me. Did break this side of my face with cheekbone. Yeah. So I have a big metal thing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've that's got no feeling mostly here. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, that was a nice bookend. It I was. Eric Singer. Eric Singer. Wired.com, Wired.com. YouTube. Yeah. Because I've literally Nothing no to do with fitness whatsoever. I have paid for 
uh, not a vocal coach. I've bought like online vocal courses, speaking courses, and they're just bullshit. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> Laugh if you want, Matt. You're so Irish. I am laughing. Um, but yeah, I'm going to watch this Eric Singer guy. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Can we end it there? Yeah, thanks for having me. It was, Thank you, it, was, it was really, really enjoyable. Um, I, I hope I was good enough to come back. Oh, I'm, you're coming back. Excellent. Okay, awesome. We'll Thank end you. it there. Bye.